0: 22 pages later, with your hosts, The Cap, Mike the Finance Guy, and Ralph the Tech.
1: I'm drawing a blank. Were you playing Scrabble? <laughs> <laughs> I hate Scrabble. <laughs> Scrabble. You how to spell. It'd be a fun game. Hey, hey, hey. for me, it's all about pictographs. <laughs> that's what you go to art school for. My best friend always swore that you know that's what we did in school. When, we, when I go to college, you went to Baruch and I went to um, SVA, and he was like, "Oh my God, my my my! This class and that class was math, math, and it was really difficult." And I'm like, "Yeah, man, my class was tough too." And he's, we he would say. What'd you have to do? Painting the clients? <laughs> like,
2: Steve Jobs was so mean to you. You should have been nicer <laughs> to him.
1: Fuck out of here. All right. Welcome, everybody, to another exciting episode of Meanwhile, 22 Pages Later. Today it is episode 31. I'm one of your hosts, The Cap, here with my other two hooligans, MFG, trending everywhere. Well, I don't think he's trending everywhere anymore. Mike, the finance guy. It trended nowhere. And always bet on black. <laughs> You went with Wesley Snipes, that broke fuck? Hey, Passenger Fifty. As long as he's still in jail, he Classic. can't sue me. <laughs> I was about to say, he, he's looking for anywhere to get make money now, huh? <laughs> Probably so. And he's still looking for a movie job, too. And also on our crew is the often duplicated, always spoiling, <laughs> the tech, Ralph the
2: Tech. That was the worst introduction I've ever heard yes, for yes, anyone. Horrible, horrible. You, and now I, for the third member here, <laughs> RT squared, Ralph the Tech. How's that? That's a little
1: bit better? You don't. How <laughs> oh, dare <there> you <laughs> mess up my intro. <laughs> maybe maybe I did that on purpose. You know coaches do that in, in, in basketball and football. And I, if I do this this way, I can get my my players or the people to work with to... You know, get this response and then we'll win
2: is it all the coaches from the Knicks
1: <laughs> wow <laughs> you know, how has cool. that worked out for them <laughs> Right now, there's no coaches for the, no coach for the Knicks now, and that's a sorry state of affairs. What have they had like 114 coaches in 10 years. <laughs> Shit, it feels like that. They boy. should just call them like you know special guest stars for for every game or something. Like- <laughs> I saw somebody put on Facebook the other day. It's a picture of Whoopi Goldberg in the movie Eddie, go. and they said, and they like, "Oh, the last Knicks coach that ever brought him to a title." I was like, no. <laughs> switching from a, star, a sorry state of affairs to some interesting stuff. Let's go right into the meat of it. Let's do. The Quick News.
3: And now, The Quick News, with Mike, the finance guy, and Ralph and Kat.
2: Well, DC's getting bashed, so get ready. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I've got Hi. four things. I've, three of them are DC,
2: and none of them are any good. Wow.
1: Three of them are DC. Am All right. I, actually, MFG, I,
2: go right away. Actually, no, there's some good stuff in here.
1: Oh, good. Okay.
2: Alrighty. Um, Warner Brothers Home Entertainment has been keeping busy. With its animated film Son of the Batman due out on May 6th, the entertainment unit has already announced its next direct-to-home release animated feature, Batman Assault on Arkham. The movie is based in the world of Batman Arkham video games, but this one features the Suicide Squad members Harley Quinn, Deadshot, Captain Boomerang, King Shark, and Killer Frost. Uh, Jay Oliva will direct the film. He's known for having directed uh, DC's uh, Dark Knight Returns Part 1 and 2, Justice League Flashpoint Paradox, and Justice League War, among others. And uh, he also did Marvel's Invincible Iron Man and Doctor Strange.
1: This sounds horrible.
2: Go ahead. <laughs> uh, Troy Baker will voice the Joker as he does in the Arkham video games. And fanboys can rejoice because Batman will be voiced by Kevin Conroy.
1: Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's good. Yeah, all Batman
2: right. Assault on Arkham is due out later this year, but no definite time period. Exactly.
1: Later this year, but they don't have an idea. Okay, see, there's good and bad news to that. The good news is Kevin Conroy is back, and they're doing an Arkham video game. Sounds like the bad news, though, is this director... Gave us war, which people still argue with me about because some people love war. War, flash, <gasps> pa- flash paradox, and um, and he said he, for Marvel he did Invincible Iron Man and Doctor Strange. Yep. Two fucking horrible hey, movies. Oh, he hey. did other
2: ones too. I mean, I I, I kinda tried to pick the, the, the better of what he's done in there.
3: Doctor Strange is not that bad.
1: Thank you. Back me Thank up. Thank you. Mike. I completely back it up. Under that table, you stroking Mike off? <laughs> That's bullshit. I've never heard you talk about Doctor Strange being a good movie. What? Yeah. We I, talked about
3: it before. When? When we were talking about Doctor Strange at the Comic Con. But you saw Doctor Strange and you liked that movie? Yes.
1: I, I might have yeah. uh, purposely got rid of it in my memory. <laughs> but my bottom line is I don't age. think the movie had I mean, I hope I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but those movies, the, the movies you mentioned, you said those mm. were his good ones.
2: Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, he's done a lot of other ones, but those... Uh, he's, like, directed, I think, 14 different things, but those are some of the, the high-point ones that I could really find. Um, interestingly enough, you know, you could always take a look at the trailer, which I'm sure neither of you have done on our own website, or I should say, our own Facebook page. I was nice enough to put it up for everybody. <laughs> so check it out if you've not already seen it at, uh, meanwhile, 22 pages later on Facebook. Well done. All right. Cool. Next. Next. All righty. Uh, oh I don't want to go to that one yet because that, that, that one's just pissing me off uh, okay the punchline also known as Batman versus Superman will have another familiar DC character in its roster oh I know this Yeah, Broadway actor Ray Fisher will play Victor Stone aka Cyborg in the movie According to Variety, Cyborg does not have a major role in this movie but will be more significant in future DC films relating to the Justice League universe. Why don't
3: they just call it <sighs> Justice League? Why don't, they just, Why don't they
2: just call it a shit show? <laughs> <laughs> what the
1: fuck? It's like they they're saying, "Oh no, we're still going to call it Superman" Two or Superman versus Batman or whatever, but then they're adding all these characters to it. It's
2: just it's a shit show waiting to happen. I'm sorry, you know. I I I I want to be proven wrong. It's not one of those things. I want it to be good because I don't want DC to have to start all over again. But they're just it's like they're just kind of like what I said about their comics. uh, You know, um, to a friend a little while ago. I, I'm not a fan of DC Comics more and more of late because their stories are so horrible. It's almost like they're daring me not to read their comics and it's almost like they're daring me not to see this movie.
1: Right? No, I absolutely. And I feel like DC, when it comes to movies, stands for damn clusterfuck because it's like, how are you going to put all this stuff together and make... I mean, obviously you can do a Justice League movie, but if you start off with the idea of a Justice League movie, you know, how are you going to build it? They still... I mean, I just feel like Superman should have its own movie. I feel like the other characters should have their own movies or at least two more... One other character, maybe Wonder Woman, maybe The Flash. Yeah, something. Just kind of like bring it in together.
2: Or, you know, or at least, I, I don't even know. I, I really don't know at this point what to tell them to do uh, besides just stop. Just stop it now, you
1: know. Well, we have a couple of years to wait to see the results. So, yay, yeah. we wait on bated breath.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'll be waiting in the Captain America line. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Which did you? The uh, same day. Same day, yeah. Which I, don't, I think that's going to change, but okay. I'm Even if one blinks, it doesn't really matter. I mean, even if they're the same day, well, it, even if it's the same day, I can't imagine it's going to affect the sales that dramatically i mean maybe opening weekend for one but at the same time though i mean there is the danger of it is that think about it let's just pick one at random of being a bad movie batman versus superman let's just pretend it's not that good of a movie but captain america is if you end up splitting your audience and the people that saw captain america are like the shit was great and the other people were like the justice league was i mean the batman superman was okay now you're not going to get people racing right to see the next day to see the, the you know the DC movie and then those people are going to swap over to the Captain America movie. Yeah. Or vice versa depending on which one is better. I mean so that it really does have the potential for hurting one of them.
1: You know. Yeah, I know definitely. So I mean they're already shooting themselves in the foot every time you bring up news is nothing good. No. I have not heard the do the only thing that they can say actually this
2: should be their tagline. Batman versus Superman. At least we're not the new reboot of Fantastic Four. <laughs> <laughs> like that should be their line. <laughs> True, true. Okay. All right. I'm going to skip one of my other DC ones to go into a Marvel one only because the DC one that's left is a a good news, you're about to piss me off news situation.
1: I I, I bet you I know it. But go ahead. Uh, All right. So So Marvel.
2: For Marvel. Okay. Everyone, unbunch your panties. For those of you that might have heard whispers of the X-Men showing up after credits in the new Amazing Spider-Man 2 movie, Simmer Down. Director of the Amazing Spider-Man 2, Mark Webb, had a contract with Fox Searchlight to direct a movie after his breakout hit. Uh, 500 days of summer but he wanted to do the spidey sequel first therefore fox agreed with sony to let him out of his contract provided sony did some free promotion for the next x-men movie the stinger as its name that's the after credits thing that they're calling the stinger is showing in the uk but no word on whether or not it'll be shown in the u.s uh so what are all those dry scone eating tea sipping spotted dick loving limey seeing well, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, the scene features Mystique, Havoc, and Toad taking on William Stryker and the military in some exciting action sequence, uh, strongly featuring Jennifer Lawrence as Mystique. That's pretty much what they're saying. Basically, they're just seeing an advertisement of a probably a different clip of advertisement for the upcoming movie.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because again,
2: well, it's not like it's in the Spider-Man movie. It's after the movie. Yeah, it's
1: and people, and people including myself, were, were th- hoping that it was maybe a sign that Fox would work with other companies to merge the characters to bring the Marvel universe together. Oh Hell no!
2: I mean, and it was really funny. I was reading around different sources. Avi Arad was quoted, and I forget the other people that were from, um, you know, other studios, and they're all they all had different variations of basically saying "Cold Day in Hell" until we've <laughs> run out of ideas for all of our characters. Like you know, because right now it's I mean, because think about it. Fine, Spidey and let's say Spidey and X Men together. I mean, just for the sake of argument, or Spidey and Avengers together doesn't matter who you decide to put together. Um, sure, you know, if it's a good movie, let's say it's a really great skip and everything like that, you're only still gonna, I mean, you'll make a ton of money, but now you got to split that ton of money. So now that ton of money isn't quite the ton you could have gotten, right? No, no, (laughs) you know, as you know, because when you think about how many billions independently the Spideys and the X Men and the Avengers make, right? They're probably going to make. A touch more equivalent billions, but now you gotta split it. Let's say you split it in half equally. Well, now you're making less than you would have probably for one of your own movies. Right. You so I was like,
1: fuck it up. We'll just dig, dig deep into all the stories that we have for this particular character. Exactly. Instead of merging with it. No, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And I can understand that. From a know. business point of view, right. as a fan, you're angry but but from a business standpoint, it makes total sense. No, 100%. Alrighty. So is
2: everyone ready to say what the fuck? I know. Let me see. Can I, get a, can I get a guess? Uh, cartoon network yes i right, hear it is. okay check this out Alrighty. following the second half of this news story you're going to have to get ready to say what the fuck all right uh cartoon network <laughs> cartoon network has agreed to show the final 15 episodes of the 26 episodes of beware the batman the network will begin airing the previously seen 11 episodes beginning on may 11th which will lead into the new episodes starting on july 27th now Are we ready to be outraged? Here we go. Both the old and new episodes will be aired at the coveted 3 a.m. time slot for both Eastern and Pacific viewers. Oh,
3: I love that song. Yeah. This (laughs) schedule
2: has been confirmed by Cartoon Network
3: what the fuck <laughs> fucking bullshit <laughs> that's why people have dvrs oh yeah i mean for morning. me it won't
1: matter i dvr <laughs> everything but 3 a.m and this is coming from the crew that would we were bashing beware of the batman but we weren't in love with it but we you know we warmed up to it we really liked it and it became something that was interesting we were willing to yeah, follow I,
2: I started to grow to pretty much like it a little bit more you know yeah. but that's just insane that, that's like a slap in the face that's more that's a kick in the nuts i mean <laughs> that's that's basically going oh, fine, I'll show it. What's the worst time we could possibly show anything? <laughs> yeah, you know? I was like,
1: wow, you're going to put it at 3 a.m.? 3 a.m. Yeah, you know what would be awesome if the, fuck, if the viewership for the Cartoon Network jumped up 500% <laughs> from 3 a.m. to, to, to 3.30 and then <laughs> shot back down? Well, it
2: sounds like all the powers that be have no intention of continuing Beware of the Batman anyhow. Yeah, it sounds like but, it's
1: know, an, but... abli- an obligatory thing. Like, you know, we have to. Like you said, oh, we have to, so let's put it just to fucking get rid of it because yeah. we're not going to move anything else in our coveted you know, time slot in the morning. Yeah.
3: Disney did that with um, Tron Uprising. Have you ever seen that show? No. It, it what? Was, it was their animated series that takes place between Tron and Tron Legacy. Okay. So it, it sort of depicts how uh, things came about. And it, it started airing at prime time slot, like at 7 o'clock at night on Disney XD. And then after a while they stopped showing it and then they started showing it at 1 12 in the morning
2: wow wow yeah and it's really weird i mean granted you know it's it's questions in my mind i mean you know maybe it's the conspiratorial side of me but it's just questions i'd raise it's like well disney has a lot of power okay um well actually i'm sorry let me take disney out of of the loop for this one the cartoon network i believe is in some way either owned, sponsored, whatever by time warner time warner is batman right I mean, that's the Warner Brothers. That's the DC side of the business. Why they would be dissing their own product is beyond me. You know, So that means that something, to me, it says that there's something not wrong with the shows. I don't think there's anything wrong with the shows, but it makes me wonder then, is it something about Batman that you don't want fans to have memory of that? Maybe it's because you're going to have some radical new Batman, mo- you know, in the movie, or it, you know, right. I, I, maybe my
1: thing is too wild and crazy, but you know what I'm trying to say. I right. saying like, like, like they they have something else planned, so it's kind of like what we talked about before that if there is a movie with a similar title of an older movie, and they have nothing to do with each other, and if that 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 older movie was bad, right, they try to avoid the title because they're like, oh, we don't want it to be, right, you know, um, put, you know, compared to that to to that same title, and we saw how well that worked out for John Carter of
2: Mars. <laughs> and and for Avatar. Exactly.
3: <laughs> well, I'm just going to say this. John Carter of Mars was an epic
2: movie. I don't know. Well, I mean, it had problems. But my point, though, was that the only reason it was called John Carter instead of John Carter from Mars or of Mars is because their animated movie, Mars Needs Mothers, okay. yeah. didn't do well. But that was how many years ago? It was an animated film. It was made for children. At no point would I have gone... Oh, John Connor of Mars. I wonder if that's related to the animated film that came out several years ago that didn't do well. Like, no, that's just the dumbest thing in the world. So that really helped that movie tank.
3: Well, the original title, I think it was just uh, Princess of Mars. Oh, is that the
2: original working title they were going to go with? Yeah.
3: Well, that's what the book is called. Right. But I know the
2: movie was going to be called John Connor, because I had actually read their explanation that that is why they took the of Mars away is because they went into the whole thing. And I'm just sat there like, why do you think that – I, I love Hollywood it's over, it's well, overthinking. Well, well, I love the businesses And Hollywood And all like that How they They like to Basically act <laughs> like The populace Is dumb as shit and then for stupid things like the John Carter of Mars, they act like we're the most thought-provoking, complicated human beings ever. Like, you can't have it both ways. You you can't give me fast and furious and then tell me that I'm basically Sherlock Holmes deducing <laughs> title <laughs> recognition, you know. Yeah,
3: you, you, you haven't been to those you know, um, thinking meetings where people sit around in their smoking jackets and those big uh, chairs just sitting back. It's like, hmm. I wonder what connections I can make today. <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's kind. it's kinda of like it's funny because he's saying that it reminds me of the debate I had at one of my friends. We were talking about um Man of Steel and he was talking about how much he loved it. And I'm like, You loved it? He's like, Yeah. So I, I started going into the things that I thought was wrong, and he sticks up for it and I go, What about what about Metropolis? He fucking decimates feels like Blocksworth and Blocksworth and not the buildings, like whole like yeah. the entire fucking street, everything is ash. Right. So to to see him come back into Metropolis and everything's fine. He's like, well, it's inferred that Superman helped build. I'm like, it's not inferred. What are well, it's you talking fine. about? If it ends with it's still a mess. <laughs> in his defense, no, well, well, I'm saying it, he, when he comes back, you know, to, to Metropolis, they don't show any of the rubble or people, things being rebuilt. They just show Clark Kent on his bike coming into a nice Metropolis, and, and
3: everything's okay. Oh, well, in, in his defense, he didn't destroy actually as all of it. Most of it was Zod in his. You gravity know, but you know shot. what I mean, right? You know what I mean. The
2: fight that he that he left. But I heard that all that got destroyed was everything above 125th Street. <laughs> so, so Superman didn't really notice It It didn't affect his workplace So
1: Superman trumped the Hulk Because the Hulk fought In 125th Street too Remember Right but at least He's a mindless brute
2: And even <laughs> he did mostly Try and get like The um, abomination away You know True. True Or or I should say The abomination At least tried to get away Right <laughs> you know, Both of
1: them Um Oh, I, there was something I was about to say and I forgot what it was. So, never mind. so I was going to say, um, "Is that all the quick news?" That's all the quick news I have. It's funny, and I had stuff to add. And I'm like, "No, that was it. No, that was it." Okay. Oh, okay. The only thing I'm going to add is that I can't believe it. I'm telling you guys off the that pot. That is not butter. No. <laughs> oh, okay. It's margarine. I, <laughs> shush. Um, I was surprised. It's parquet. I was surprised to hear that um, somebody telling me that they've already seen Spider-Man 2. It really hurt my feelings. I was like, "What do you mean it's coming out May 2nd?" i like, "No, no, no!" And I keep forgetting it's opened up. Yeah. In other Our. countries. It, it, it
2: opened up in that big Spider-Man friendly United Kingdom, where Spider-Man and Marvel comics were based. Evidently, at some point, what the hell is up with that? Why <laughs> do they keep opening superhero films in other countries? Thor opened twice, like like in isn't Iceland the, or something like that.
3: Is Isn't you know? the actor who plays um, Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, is not he British? No idea. Yeah, he is. he is. But
2: I mean, I don't think that could possibly yeah. have anything. to well, do well, with Well, well, think about what you're saying. you're saying. I don't think anyhow. Because you're
1: saying you're saying Thor opened up twice in Iceland. It maybe is because what's is what's his name. Icelandian?
2: No, he's Norse.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Maybe they're close the guy. I don't know.
2: They could have opened it in Norway if that was the case. The country still Uh, Are are you sure they
1: opened up in Iceland? Maybe they opened
2: up in I'm pretty sure it wasn't Norway, but I know it was 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 in some place like that. Was there grass? grass? I wasn't smoking any, no. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's all the quick
1: news. All right, interesting. I mean, once again, DC messing stuff up. I'm trying to not curse as much. Um,
2: (laughs) Ralph, put a timer on that. okay. <laughs> think on the go. All right.
1: So let's hit the first segment of the podcast for today. Um, if you don't know anything about comic books or have, if you've been living underneath a rock for the past couple of years, Amazing Spider Man seven hundred is where Peter Parker basically died and Doc Ock in Peter Parker's body was taking over the role as Peter Parker and Spider Man.
2: Do you think you were doing a synopsis, really?
1: I was wondering if he was gonna pick up on that. So so to continue with a more with, with The most sophisticated synopsis is MFG, Mike the Finance Guy.
2: <laughs> Cheerio, old chap. Uh, okay, in a setup that began in Amazing Spider-Man number 600, you oaf, and culminated 100 books later in issue 700 in a story called The Dying Wish, one of Spider-Man's greatest villains, Dr. Otto Octopus, a.k.a. Dr. Octopus, um, actually I just called him that, Dr. Otto Octavius pardon me, aka Dr. Octavius
1: I could take over at any time right now <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you can mess up at any time <laughs> you've, seen, <laughs> you've done it already, go ahead <laughs> he mind he swaps his consciousness with Peter Parker's leaving Peter in Otto's quick, quickly dying body but in the last moment before Otto's body dies I can't say that, Otto's body dies, wow Peter forces <laughs> Otto to experience his life memories um, as if Otto had actually lived them therefore Otto becomes instilled with Peter's need to be Spider-Man and continue his superheroics Through various brilliant ideas and endeavors, dubious and questioned decisions, um, and one decidedly deadly action, Otto maintains Peter's costume persona, but this time as the superior Spider-Man. Okay. (laughs) Okay, please. That summed it all up very well with not one spoiler to be found.
1: Uh, There goes the missing ribs of MFG sucking his own dick. (laughs) There goes the end of of, the (laughs) cursing. All right. Fuck you. (laughs) <laughs> there we go. So all jokes aside, okay. Great synopsis, Mike. Um, let's get right into it. Great series. Warning. um This segment may contain spoilers, so leave Ralph alone. And it will contain spoilers. Oh, it will.
3: me <laughs> When you're gonna press that fucking button? <laughs> Warning: I'm gonna press a button.
1: <laughs> oh, Why are God. you a pervert bell for that? He just pressed the button. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah, we haven't got we haven't got one of those yet. Okay, we'll see we'll see how long that lasts. Okay, so let's talk about the book itself or oh, the, the series itself. Um, Excellent,
2: from one to thirty one, and with annuals, and which is not probably going to be really part of this one because I don't think any of you hoes read this. Meaning you two, the uh, team up, superior Partner Man team up, which is you really mean, great. You mean the ancillary books. It's, the team-up was actually not quite as ancillary. It had its own life, but they were really great stories, except for
1: one. Okay. Um, and I know, cause I know Ralph was t- picking up on that. And I told him, for, for, just for the means of this segment, just read. Yeah. Just to, just oh, yeah. I mean, in. you
2: don't, you're not. There are times when you read Superior that things have happened that they, they kind of give you the quick up. Like uh, a lot of um, when, the Raft, uh, when Spider Island gets destroyed, I mean, I'm jumping ahead real fast. That occurs, it begins to occur in the Superior Spider-Man team-up. So, like, there's a little bit of jump, but not much. You don't really miss much. It really is, it's, it's as much as it's connected to the series, it's its own world that, you know, just the stories are really great. Right. Anyhow.
1: One thing I'll say is that I know Mike and I read it as it was coming around. Ralph did kind of a crash course and kind of read all 31 issues over the past week. Now. I read it in two days. Oh, get the fuck out of here in two days i want your job i was about to say i'm like (laughs) i want your job and if ralph's uh bosses are listening (laughs) (laughs) you know where to find them reading a comic book (laughs) so let me ask you because i'm gonna get to to mike and and i in a second being that you read
3: everything fresh from 1 to 31 what's your what's your take on the book mind-blowing
2: exactly the
3: writing is just impeccable It's it's incredible because it's like it's funny you know, there's some dramatic parts. Mm-hmm. You, you actually you, you you sort of get attached to the story. You 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 form an a, an empathetic bond with with um Otto Octavius as a Superior Spider-Man, and you sort of feel his like his pain and his struggle to try to like become the Superior Spider-Man. And you actually get a little background mm-hmm. about Otto as, as as the story progresses.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and I don't know if you felt this, uh, it's. Again, I love Spider-Man. Spider-Man was my childhood favorite character and it always is my favorite character. Um, And we've talked about it briefly on the show before. But uh, this was just the freshest Spider-Man I've read in so long. And it's like now that you've read it, can you... I mean, again, I'm not saying that the new Spider-Man won't be good. And I'm not talking about how old Spider-Man was. But can you now see why I've been saying how much I'm dreading the return of Peter Parker and his oatmeal self... Because this was just such a tasty treat of food. I mean, you know, when he puts
1: it like that, I'm 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 on board. When he's like, it was the greatest, and I don't want him back. I'm like, uh oh, But he but Mike's right. It, it it was such a change of pace and so different than anything else they've done. I mean, and they've done things like clones, right? You know, they they've done another guy as Spider-Man altogether. Yeah, Ben Riley, go suck your own dick. <laughs> <laughs> Remove some ribs of your own, Ben Riley. <laughs> so you, you've done things like that, and then to do this. And I like the way that, exactly what you guys are talking about, the way it was written, it felt like throughout the entire time, it was Octavius. Right. It wasn't any other writer messing it up or kind of forgetting it's Octavius. Yeah. And it's almost like watching an actor, kind of like we were talking about Orphan Black, Mm -hmm. how you have an actor acting like somebody, acting like somebody. Right. And that's a difficult thing to do. There were times where Octavius, I think maybe once he did that, where he's acted like to try to be the normal Parker.
2: Right, which is really funny because it, it's, it's, you know, you got the feeling that, in, at least when I would read it, you know, hearing the voice in my mind, you you imagine that he was trying to, like, I'm all down, home, and folksy. <laughs> like, like, you know, to, even though he didn't use those words, but, like, that's what it felt like you knew he was doing. Like, argology, I'm Peter Parker.
1: <laughs> and the fact that we're able to read it and, and, and we didn't have to think too hard about what that would sound like is credit to Dan Slott. Dan yeah. Slott did a great job. He did a Montana. remarkable job. I mean, he...
2: Um, you know, like I said, we'll get to reviewing, you know, especially the, the, the end of it and stuff like that in a, a little bit. But I mean, he set up everything. I mean, you know, it's rare that in 31 books, I don't have a complaint about any of them. I mean, nothing that's, that's more valid, nothing that's distract, distracting, let's put it that way. Right. I mean, I have a few problems with towards the ending, but we'll get around to that eventually when we get to that part. But again, nothing that's distracting from the book. I mean, it was all well set up. Um, I, I don't feel he had any stray thoughts involved. It was like he had a very, very clear idea vision, yeah. yeah, from beginning to end yeah, of what he was going to do. You know,
3: now if only like uh, the only problem I really had with this was at some point there's like different artists drawing, right? So like the beginning, uh, first few issues, they have Peter they, the way they draw him, it's really good. But then when they switch it, when the artists change over. The way the new artist uh, starts drawing Peter is like a little bit bigger and like bold, like uh, bulkier, bulkier. Yeah,
2: yeah, you know. I mean, just it's just artists. Some artists, I, I think, especially there's some superhero artists um, that that's all they know. They yeah. they only know big and bulky. You know, like
1: Rob Layfield. Yeah. Mm,
2: he but, he he evidently knows a good drug connection as well.
3: But what's what's, what's weird about that though is like uh, they draw. Costume Spider Man the same. Right. It was just Peter Parker's. Thing. Oh,
2: I, yeah, I, I, I know what you're talking about now. Yeah.
1: Like he looks more broad
3: shouldered and kind of like, you know, yeah. Nah, I mean, but then once he puts on the costume, it's like different. It's like the same one that was drawn before. Yeah. You know? And like they have him, they, they show like he has a big head. Without the, the mask, but once he puts the mask on, it's like his head shrinks a little bit. Yeah, way. it does. His,
2: his head is so much smaller than the rest of his body. That's kind of funny. <laughs> does this mask make my head look lean? <laughs> yes, yes, it does. <laughs> he must have like, Maybe Parker's hair is just big and bushy and we just never noticed it.
3: They have Girder, uh, what was it? spanks for the He's mask for the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> i need that
1: <laughs> but um in the beginning I, what i liked about the beginning is that they started off you know they hit the ground running they really hit oh, the ground yeah. running and i was wondering if peter was going to be part of his psyche the entire time and when they got rid of him when they got rid of the psyche or initially right. got rid of the, the psyche i was like wow well i expected and i think i maybe we mentioned it when we
2: first started talking about it i expected this to be you know the same old, same old, the run of the mill. So I expected Peter to be there the whole time, and blah, you know. And you got lots of twists. Yeah. You know, by the I think was it by the no, it was by the
1: seventh. No, issue? by
2: the what, yeah, somewhere in the, it was in the middle of the uh, the second. Like in other words, there were if you break it down, basically you have issues one through five is my own worst enemy. You have six through ten is a troubled mind. Eleven through sixteen is no escape. Uh, Seventeen through twenty one is necessary evil. Uh, twenty-two to twenty-six was darkest hours, and then twenty-seven to thirty-one was the Goblin Nation. Followed by actions have consequences. So that's the, pretty much the breakdown. So somewhere in the six to ten range of a troubled mind is when uh, we we were told that Parker was completely purged out of Otto's mind. Right, and I was so excited by that point because I'm like, wow! But it also added an interesting twist too, which they use very often, is that <clears throat> while Parker was still part of. Um, Otto's mind, even though Otto didn't recognize him as part of it, Otto had access to Parker's memories. Yep. Once he purged it, he no longer had access to Parker's memories of, that he did not already access right. previously. So that for instance, later on when Flash Thompson shows up, he has no idea who the hell he is. Right. <laughs> you know, because he never needed to access that memory.
3: It's crazy though. It's like um just the, how the fact that it wasn't that Peter actually survived, it was just his memories within Otto just took a life of their own. Right,
2: that's it was. and that was that part is clever, you know, to think that Otto's own memories of Parker are basically what kept
1: Parker alive. You know, yeah, that's, that's a clever mind twist there. It is. I, what I what I what I really liked was the fact that um, in the beginning part of the series, you could have easily went with Otto saying, and which I you know, if I was an evil genius, I would have done this. Wow. Parker's around a bunch of hot chicks. I'm fucking all of them. Yeah, <laughs> I'm fucking every single one. You, you, and you. But they didn't go there. He they started with that, right? And then he took a twist and fell in love with with, with um Anne- Anne-Marie. Anne-Marie, uh, yeah. Yeah. and and Marie. Anne Marie Marconi. Yeah. To see him fall in love. And, and for those who are not reading the book, Anne Marie Marconi is a little person. So you know she's very smart. She I mean she's super intelligent. But we'll get into her personality change a little bit later on. But he could have had an opportunity to fuck any girl. Get including Aunt May. He- <laughs> oh Bell, <laughs> Bell, Bell, Bell Yeah, thank you. Because that was bad, dude. You're fucking your aunt and she's an old lady? Thank you. Over the line. Oh,
2: Peter. Oh god. <laughs>
1: and she's married.
2: and that was
3: somehow what really broke the camel's back for Ralph and for
2: Ralph
1: that's what made it really disturbing my god she's married and your aunt that's 89 years old (laughs) but yeah so I mean he could they could have went that way with it and they went with like you're saying Otto trying to be a better person but still having Otto tendencies and just saying you know what I like this girl for who she is as a person I was like very impressed and was even a brand new person and they went with something totally different. They didn't go for a model. They didn't right. go for somebody really attractive. They went for somebody who was pretty, or or no even person. they didn't
2: even just go for a normal person that was just average looks. I mean, they went for a dwarf. You know, because I mean, she's not just small. I mean, she you know they've described her. She's a dwarf. You know, so she's very small as a person. You know, um, and it it actually, and uh, I've made fun of it before. And again, it doesn't. I have made fun of it in, uh, to take it to extremes, but uh, it does give you an insight though into Otto that. Um, you know, Mary Jane and Gwen and Felicia Hardy, I mean, maybe they're nice people. Um, uh, but they're all these hot, you know, busty chicks. And it's like Otto is just like, no, I actually like people for who they are and of course for the mind, but he proved it's like, actually you're kind of a much more stand up guy than Peter. <laughs> like uh, like yeah, he actually yo. found I mean I mean, think about I me, mean, he found he because Peter I mean, he could have just liked, you know, Adam um, could have just liked Anna Maria for her mind and then gone off and screwed, like you said, whoever he wanted to. Yeah. But he's just like, no, her looks have nothing to do with it. I love her, you know? And I'm and like, like, it was, it was a pretty, stand-up guy. It was, pre- <laughs> it was pretty commendable. I yeah. was, and,
1: I, and I was impressed that they were there with the story, that Dan Slott could have, like I said, he could have done anything else, but did that. And then he made certain distinct choices, this, this particular quote-unquote Peter Parker. So, I mean, in the beginning, that's what they did, but especially how he started going about crime-fighting. Yeah. And how he started going about handling the mayor, Mister James Jonah Jameson. Right. That was interesting as well. Well, it was all—I mean, you know, just well. You figure in the first five
2: issues, you know, right away he—he he proves he is the superior Spider-Man, depending on which level you want to take about being a hero, of course, by instituting all those Spider-Bots. Yeah, I mean, you know, so like, I mean, even Peter, whose conscience was still there, was just like. You know, you can't ignore that fire. And he would just be like, well, you know, because he had thousands of these spider bots, you know, and he would just go, OK, well, it's just a fire that's not that big. I'll alert the fire department. They'll come and take care of it. Yep. And Peter's just like, well, uh, well, that's actually not a bad idea. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, idiot. He doesn't keep running around to these like minor things, you know. But,
1: but, but it's funny. And I'm glad you said that part, depending on what you what your idea of a good hero is, because I think part of what makes Peter so such a charming character or makes his character different than Superman different than batman is that he's so flawed he's kind of like the i think that's why he is in the marvel he's marvel's you know mascot well
2: the flagship i mean well marvel's heroes were always supposed to be flawed but he was and he he was was the one that kicked it off right he's the one
1: that's but he's also the one that is the most flawed well yeah i mean but like flawed flawed in in different ways where like he was still living with his
2: aunt yeah i was gonna say he, he was flawed to the point of it it wasn't like a flawed human being. I mean, this was just like if you knew a person, take away his super heroics. If you knew a person like Peter Parker, you'd be like, "You're not flawed. You're a loser," and I mean, <laughs> and, and in all the bad way, you know. Think about it. Yeah, you know, but, but like I'm- you said, living with his eye. Because by by before the brand new day, like when you, whenever I talked to any former editors or whatever that I would, I would know, they would say like Peter was approximately thirty five ish. He was still, you know,
1: con- my age, yeah. yeah, he was still <laughs> going around
2: to Aunt May's, you know. Having still relationship problems here, couldn't hold a steady job, and you know it's like, dude, you're really damn lame. What well, I
1: that? mean, I mean, but once again, it's, it's the swinging of the pendulum. It's such, it's it's such a, a such a difficult line to hold because you're like, well, if you're a superhero and you're trying to protect people that you love and you're in and out. You can't hold a steady job because if Dr. Doom is there at 2 o'clock, you're not going to say, oh, no, I got to wait for my lunch break to fight Dr. Doom. You got (laughs) to find a way to bail the fuck out. Right, right. But that was
2: was the whole thing that Otto right away took care of. It's like, yeah, but when you go and save, not some like, you know, they're on the 100 billionth floor, but it's a minor fire in a five-story building that people could get out of and you don't meet your aunt and you don't go and meet this person. Oh, you missed your job because you stopped a, a purse snatching. I mean, these are all the things that make, you know, that... As a reader, you're like, oh, Spider-Man's the person's hero. But it's like, yeah, but you know, he's not progressing as a person at all. Like, if yeah. you, you know, if you can't hold down a job, you know, it's like, well, where are you going to go with this? I mean, how, first of all, how are you affording this web fluid, which I don't understand. Well, that's why I like <laughs> what
1: Dan Slott did. Dan Slott immediately came in even before. Right away. First right thing away, he, did. he said, okay, let's give him something a little more stable using his genius. And he started working for Horizon Well, they Life. finally
2: started acknowledging his genius finally. Like before it was – because he was always a genius. And then when I would talk to people, you know, before the changeover – they were just like, oh, well, you know, Peter's smart. It's like, no, no, he's a genius. He's not Mr. Fantastic level. But I would say he would, if he had the equipment, he could probably give Tony a run for his money, you know, depending on what it was that he was trying to invent. And the fact yeah, that know, Tony took him under his wing should say something about exactly, his intelligence. He, exactly. He yeah. had
3: an internship by Stark Labs. Exactly, you know, yeah.
2: you know. And, you know, it's, it's just one of those things so that, you know, finally he, you know, got to work with Max Modell at Horizon Labs. <laughs> and that was a big change. I mean, well, dance lives, like I said, there were some problems... In the Amazing Spider-Man run, I know we've talked about that several podcasts ago. Um, but all in all, I was very happy. That's when because Dan Slott is the one that made him grow up. He's the one that got him a real job. Right. Mary, well, actually, Aunt May talked to someone that she knew that got him the interview. But then he got
1: the job on his own merits. Uh, Dan Slott they, also got he moved Aunt May. Yeah, he moved Aunt May. Well, he, ma- he married Aunt May and moved her. Right. Exactly. Because Dan Slott's know. the one who introduced um, James Jameson's father, which I didn't even know existed. Yeah, Jay, I don't, Jay don't think was there Yeah. Uh, J. Jameson. Yeah, yeah, Jay Jameson you know, but, um, the cooler one. <laughs> yeah. You know,
2: I mean, so like he finally just basically said this, like, you know, not only am I going to have you, you know, have really decent money. Cause I mean, Peter was making like, I think six digits, like good six digits dude, Not just the, the early ones. Yeah. Um, you know, so he had his own swanky apartment and I said swanky, um, <laughs> you know, he did complete it, with a cloche with a cloche. <laughs> uh, but I, I like, like you said, it wasn't just that he married off Aunt May and had her move on a little bit more with her life because he didn't take her out of the story altogether. But basically, he just he moved her to what was it? Boston was it that she moved? Yeah, she moved to Boston. And basically, to me, that was the way of saying, yeah, there's no way Peter's going to be on her couch. Like, you know <laughs> what I'm trying to say? Like there was that was indicated. It's like I'm not moving her to a nicer apartment in Manhattan right. where he can still crash there when things go bad. He was just like no she's moving out of new york so we know spider-man's not going to move out of new york right
3: so it's, there so so no more incidents of uh peter coming in through the window and all May knocking on the door peter are you okay one <laughs> second May, don't come in <laughs> <laughs> i gotta take the sock um. <laughs> <laughs> i'll shut up
1: thank you um you mo- moving on to the way how did he uh how did you feel about the way Otto Otto spider-man handled villains
3: loved it i
1: mean
2: granted that was just my uh my sixth side but i loved it <laughs>
3: <laughs> so for those of you that don't know he comes very close to killing a few and actually kills one of them with yeah. a gun with yeah. a gun yeah
2: well from the amazing spider-man storyline oh, he yeah he's killed a total two of two of people them. um in the amazing spider-man storyline prior to 700 there had been a villain called massacre who just had no way to he he had no emotion he had no, no emotional no connection empathy. right for other people um and he just would kill people, and that's when Spider-Man had done his swear of uh no one else will die as long as I'm, you know, Spider Man huh, funny you died. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, and in this one, you know, Otto ends up meeting Massacre again and uh
3: BLAM yeah. When I saw the, In public. When I saw that that cover of yeah. But then no one rats him out. Like, oh you know, you know, I I didn't see anything. You know, I was I was turned around when I heard the shot.
1: <laughs>
3: but, but I'll tell you one thing:
1: the Avengers were all over it. Oh yeah, I, here I thought I was like, okay, wait, well, you got Wolverine on your team, and you're gonna say something. But okay, <laughs> yeah, I never get that one.
3: <laughs> it was funny though that 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 whole um, issue where they call them in. They're like, you know, something's wrong here. We seen Spider Man kill. What the hell's going on? So. um Otto's like freaking out. He's like, you know, they're gonna fi- they're gonna figure me out. They're gonna figure me out. They're running all these tests, and they're like, okay, you're not a scroll. You're not possessed by this. You're not this. You're not this. You're not this. You're okay. All right, there you go. And then Otto's looking at the at the brain scan. He's like, well, it's a good thing these guys are idiots because I can see the scan right there and I know something's wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah, Tony Stark wasn't there at the time to, yeah. to
2: go over it. But uh, what I thought was interesting, though, and and, and this, I mean, again, I, I would have to go back to just read it clearly. Maybe it's more fresh in your mind, Ralph. Is that uh, like. Because he, in other words, if, if Spider-Man had literally been like filmed blowing Massacre away, you know, because the man was down. I mean, he had no, you know, gun in his hand or anything like that. That's murder, no matter what you're trying to tell me he's doing. So that's what the whole thing is that people saw Spider-Man kill. It wasn't videotaped in that kind of manner. So the Avengers actually didn't have direct proof that Spider-Man killed. Yeah. I think they kind of heard whispery rumors or something is that more like how it went because if they because if they had proof he killed they would have just taken him down
3: well what happened was they they saw him on the news uh the news said that he had killed and then there's also the how he treated um was it ball and the jester
2: um screwball Screwball. and the jester was that i just i was was, so happy yeah i was so happy about that and
3: what he did to the condor right so that's why they called them in. They go, you know what the hell's going on?
2: Yeah, with screwball and the jester, they're mostly pranksters. That that their pranks are really kind of harmful. But blocking he, pranksters, yeah, but yeah, they he game. beat the they're, living shit out of them.
3: <laughs> pranksters that were stealing identities through their web connections, right? Yeah, he
2: just beat them nearly to death. And that was just like, wow. yeah, I was." Otto, don't play. And was funny
3: because
1: after Massacre, I was like, well, then how are they going to follow? It's like, how do you follow this up with an encore? Well, you take the two most annoying people that was added to the Spider-Man universe and you beat the fuck out of them. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's kind of something where I was like, yeah, okay, I'm I'm with this.
3: I'm with this. (laughs) When I saw that, I'm like, holy. When I saw what he did to Condor. yeah Yeah. oh with his jaw yeah i'm like holy shit (laughs) well i mean well
2: think about it i mean by time we get down to um and we'll be getting to this pretty soon but by the time we get down to alistair Smythe's execution i mean you think about what he did to all of them i mean to the vulture was blind so he had blinded the vulture vulture, he had ripped off the jaw of scorpion yep and what did he do to the boomerang guy
3: uh he had beat him nearly close to death
2: yeah, but what was it? It was something because everyone had an upgrade, so like the vulture nope, could see. B- well,
3: boomerang just had uh, endless boomerangs.
2: No, but I mean, what was it? I mean, he was he was completely crippled down. All his, down. Well, his like, bones were it? broken. Oh, he, that's what he it was. Okay. Beat him that's back. what. I'm, okay, that's what I was trying to think. Oh, yeah. So he had basically broken all of his bones. I mean, you know, so like Otto was not. He wasn't making a joke out of this, you yeah, know. Yeah. But by that point, though, by the time we got to the troubled mind segment, which is what we're kind of talking about. Um, we also realize that the um, that the Green Goblin is up to something. And he has yeah. been taking henchmen from a lot of all these fallen villains. And, and, and he's, uh, he's hacked. already hacked into yeah. the Spider-Bots, exactly. So that the Spider-Bots no longer recognize anyone with a Goblin mask. Or the It, it, it becomes invis- invisible. Yeah, or the emblem. Yeah. Genius. So, yeah. yeah. Genius. So that, in other words, you know, the Spider-Bots are out you know, recognizing crime, they see criminals everywhere, but if they saw anyone, like uh, Ralph said, like with a, a, a the like a, an icon of the, the goblin, or if they had a goblin mask on, it would just register as nothing being there. Yeah. So like now the goblins could go around their business and Spider-Man had no idea that the city was slowly being un- overrun by goblins. And,
3: and for a genius, you know, what what, what I got angry was that it took him so freaking long to figure it out because that's Otto's problem, though. It's, it's his thing, arrogance. Yeah. It's his arrogance. His arrogance stops blind, him. blinds a genius. And it's yeah. like he he actually figures he he, he doesn't he, figure it out until after he's basically told. Yeah, no, no, but he knows <laughs> he knows something's up at around I think it's like in the twenties issues when when he's fighting Hobgoblin. Right. He knows something's up, but then um, he doesn't do anything until he doesn't actually like try to figure it out to later towards the, like, the end of the 28th right. Right? well it's
2: his arrogance like I, like we said it's his arrogance that always that's well that was always Otto's downfall anyhow with his arrogance is that you know think about it if you're fighting Hobgoblin it's not even this is not even McIntyre Hobgoblin this is just Phil York Hobgoblin yeah. you know you're like the guy's an idiot so yeah. you're thinking that whatever is not allowing me to see him is a total fluke not some you know you know brainiacs work of, of, of genius level so again his arrogance is just like oh it's something I can deal with later because you know I'm just taking down yeah. this idiot, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. And again, but that's what I liked about it is that I found it very believable. Like you said, you're outraged kind of that, that the superior Spider-Man, you know, has been duped, you know, in this manner. But then you're just like, yeah, but it works for the character because he, his arrogance would not allow that to happen. And right.
3: like I, the way, what I really like about the story is like how you see how every event sort of builds towards the end. Because yeah. every bad guy that um, superior takes down, you know, the henchmen just get collected by right. Green Goblin and Green Goblin is like, yep. I'm your Goblin King now. Right. What, what, I,
1: what I love is that um, this was what the gauntlet was supposed to be like the gauntlet
2: don't even get me started on that that was a miserable (laughs) set of books well but the gauntlet and that was dan slot and that was what that was putting that's what put me off of dan slot for a long time but that's what i'm
1: saying you know like like dan slot did the gauntlet and it was bad and then he turns around and does this and i'm like well this is the feel you wanted you wanted individual stories but things kind of building exactly to a climax and things you know things went well how did you feel about um the way how did you guys feel about the way spider-man handled his relationship with with triple j um
2: oh my god okay so you have all right so that well that leads into the next segment which would be the no escape and that is right. um uh well the mayor right now uh, jay jonah jay jonah jameson is mayor for anyone that doesn't realize he's been mayor for a while in the yeah. um in the marvel universe but he's mayor of new york and after the way spider-man handled massacre jonah is all on his side because he's just like you know these villains need to be put down now you have to understand i mean not only would that maybe jonah wouldn't have wanted them put down so viciously prior but um before Otto took over Spider Man's body, Jameson's wife had been murdered by Alistair Smythe. Right. Aka um, Spider Slayer. Right. The Spider Slayer. And his wife, you know, even though Spider Man was there and trying to save all this stuff, it wasn't like the Spider Slayer tried for Spider Man and then killed Jameson's wife. It wasn't one of those stories. Like he actually sent things to attack and it killed Jameson's wife. Um and Jameson's wife made him promise not to blame Spider Man for this. Right, so that I think with Spider-Man finally showing that I'm willing to take down a criminal that's killed so many people, mass- this is me, Massacre at the time. Jay was on board. Jay was right on board with him. So right now they were like they were like kissing cousins by this point. Yeah, you
1: know, right. what, what you've never seen in the Spider relationship? Back yeah, I mean, exactly. this wasn't fake. This wasn't Jonah just smiling know, for the spider- camera. Spider-Man, Spider-Man, not a menace. Exactly. He, he works for me. He works. For, he's our hero,
2: Spider-Man. Yeah, and the public <laughs> loved him too. But it's the funny part too. As an arrogant douchebag as he was, everyone loved him. Except for the other heroes and, and the villains, <laughs> and, and probably his min- no his minions loved him. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But we'll get to that in a moment. Because well, they, <laughs> you know. they get paid. Well, true, but they you know still I got paid too, and I don't I mean I like my boss. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so like I said, it leads up to no escape. So this is now, you know, so I was just setting up the framework there. So um, Spider Man and Jameson are buddy buddies, and now it's getting ready for the execution of Alistair Smythe over at the raft, which is one of the high security prisons. right? And uh, jo- Jonah has asked Spider-Man to come because and I, and I do love, sometimes I think it's corny when comic books become self-referential. Other times I like it, but he's just, Jonah's like, he's a super villain, basically, and we all know that every time we try and kill one of these people, they escape. <laughs> so so we want you here to make sure he doesn't escape. You right. know, And I like that as an idea.
3: Um, and, and you know, I'll, I'll give him props. He did lock down he's like, everything that the um spider slayer could have done to try to escape. Yeah. Otto thought of it. He reinforced the walls, created a force field to protect the 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 hostages. Right.
2: Uh, well I mean it
3: was laser grid in the vents.
2: And it was once again it was one of those where he proved he was superior. Yeah. And again I'm talking <laughs> about on the level of handling crime. I'm not talking about whether you're a nice guy because Parker, first of all, at the most he would have thrown a spider tracer on, on Alistair to track him after he got away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, seriously, am I wrong? That's exactly what Peter would have done. Catch I'll throw race? a tracer on him and I'll hopefully get him later. You know, it's like, no, Otto locked down that jail. And, you know, but then of course, uh, you know, Jameson puts out the word to Spider-Man, and he talks to him, he's like, take him down by right. any means necessary. And it turns out that Otto recorded that.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he <laughs> blackmails JJJ. Later on. But,
2: uh, but in the meantime, Alistair has used his Slayer bot little nanobot type slayer things to reconfigure and upgrade uh like the vulture uh scorpio and the boomerang like we were talking about earlier gave them made them a little bit stronger than they were Um, a little bit supposedly yeah like a significant upgrade yeah Yeah. and um but then you know so meanwhile he's spider-man manages to take them down in time or at least battle them to more of a standstill. but then eventually takes down alistair smythe and he stabs alistair smythe into in the chest and alistair smythe's last um, attempt to get away is for him to mind jump into Otto's mind yep. right. and Otto of course has that blocked once again he's yelling every time I have outsmarted you in every single method you could ever have done so that and effectively he, has killed Alistair Smythe
3: right before he dies he tells him he's like you're not dealing with the old Spider-Man you're dealing with Otto Octavius yeah
2: <laughs> Otto the man <laughs> whispering to him I got you bitch check <laughs> he's just like I might be going to hell still, but you're going to be my bitch there too. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was
3: crazy though. It was like um right before he kills um Smythe, right? Smythe is like, "All right, that's it. You've won. I give up." And then he's like, "No." And just plunges yeah. the thing and stabs him. Yeah, he's it like, was great. It's yeah. like not this what, what, time. what
1: comes up next was really great because um after Smythe's, you know, after Smythe, you know, dies or whatever or gets killed is when is I believe is when they doesn't don't they go to Shadowland? Um. Yeah. That's well,
3: uh, well. First, first he tells. Jo- uh, oh, first if, if he Jameson. Black- he's like, listen, uh, I got you by the 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 short hairs, man. Listen, you're giving me this the raft, the island where the prison was, and I'm doing whatever I want. With it. it's going to be my new headquarters. And he's like, no. And then he shows him the video, and he's like, fine, whatever, it's yours.
2: Right. So he he blackmails Jameson. Of course, now that's put a bitter taste in Jameson's mouth. You know. Yeah. Because um, I guess Spider-Man promised he'd pull out first, <laughs> uh, you know. Bell. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So yeah. So now, Spy- so now Otto has a base of operations where he, as Otto loves to do, builds lots of robotic type things, and he builds has a huge ass yeah. giant spider bot type thing, and uh, Yeah, an arachnabot? arachnabot, and like uh, the Cap just said, then he decides to uh, take down Shadowland Love in that. Hell's Kitchen, and again, I think I brought this up also on. A, on the I don't know going to say. This just angered me to know. It, in fact. It's like Dance Slot, and I don't think Dance Slot had anything to do with Daredevil. I don't think. Um, and I don't no. know what was going on with Daredevil at that point because Shadow, the Kingpin was running what was called Shadowland, and Shadowland basically had mystically put all these pagodas and whatnot in Hell's Kitchen. I mean, like, it was just imagine if someone just dropped Oz in the middle of Hell's Kitchen, except it's Oz with like ninjas
0: and it's all deadly. It's all
2: <laughs> like people aren't being slaughtered. They're just basically like, you know, you live in a hell zone because you can't afford to go anywhere else. No police are invading this and taking, not one hero. You can you can see these huge pagodas and mansions and buildings, all over the city because it's in Hell's Kitchen, which means the Avengers mansion and the Fantastic Four can't help but to see it out their windows. Okay, (laughs) no one has bothered to take this down or investigate this, and it's been up there for a
1: while. I think I think Shadowland came out like two years ago. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. I mean, granted, we know it's not
2: right. We know it's not real time in the comics, but still, had been months, and the people were being oppressed, and Otto was just like. This is bullshit. I mean, like out of all people is like, this is bullshit, and he just brings in his huge arachnobot and lays waste to Shadowland. Or, and I'm just cheering the whole time, going, "This is what a real hero does." You know? You know what he did? He took a page out of my book. Tank. <laughs> yeah. For once, right, for once the right. tanks were in there. Yeah, it is right. true. But I mean, it was just one of those when when that when those because I think it was a two parter. I think right? Yeah. Yeah, I think or maybe it was yeah. So well, no, it, it was, was just it one. Was, it was one. Just one. one okay. One
3: issue okay. they take down Shadowland, and then the whole thing is with. Um, the kingpin escaping right. and then okay. Hobgoblin. That's when Hobgoblin. Oh, that's un- right. When, that's when he's freed He's, up. he's like, "What?" Because the bot sees him and then it says, "Goblin Protocol engaged." Uh, disregard. Right. And, and Hobgoblin like, "What?" All right, right. I'm out of here. Fuck yeah. this shit. <laughs> that's right. I Forgot <laughs> about that. So you know, you figure in what issue. I mean,
2: like I said, to I me, mean, it's New York. New York City is not that large, especially Manhattan. I should say, I'm not even New York. Manhattan's not that big. You know, for all these heroes that are here, and not one of them decided to take this down. I'm when I read that issue, I just said. Well yeah, that's what in the real world a hero would do. He would go, these people are being oppressed down the street from me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should do something about it. That, that big you know?
1: dark castle with a bunch of ninjas there, there's something maybe I should do something about it. It was was funny though, it was like how um
2: I'll disguise myself as a girl scout to investigate and think, offer them cookies.
3: How uh, when uh, when Jameson calls <laughs> Spider-Man, he's like, "What do you think you're doing?" He's like, "Listen, Shadowland's been here for a while, right? He's like, well, what about all the bodies you're going to be left with? The only body that's going to be left is kingpins because all these ninjas turn to ash the moment you kill them. Right. So the, well, the only two bodies will be hobgoblins and the kingpins. Right. So don't worry about it. <laughs> I'm busy. Bye. Yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> and then, of course, he takes it down. And what does the public do? Rally behind Jameson and Spider-Man. Like, yep. yeah, thank
0: you.
3: Because <laughs> the Avengers didn't give a fuck. <laughs> so so then you see the, like, the, the the news conference. Like, yes, I gave uh, Spider-Man the okay to do this. This was a, a plan together. And then behind closed doors, you see Jameson's sweat. He's like, this fucking Spider-Man. Like, what the
1: fuck, man? <laughs> it, was, it was really cool to watch that dynamic go down. To the fact that Spider-Man, you know, not only blackmailed Jameson, but took it upon himself to go into Shadowland. Right. Single-handedly, you know, oh, with, he, uh, not single-handedly, but with his troop, his, his whole of, spider army. Minions. <laughs> <Yeah>. I <laughs> love them. And he
2: calls them dolts, minions, idiots. He calls them all because Otto is just that kind of a boss.
3: And before that, he had the, the living brain. He turned it out as his, his own personal robot. Oh, that's, butler. Right.
2: that's right. I forgot about that. Oh, that's right. That's, that's the, that's the beginning. And, and what, what's the one thing, though, that um, basically that ends with before we get into the necessary evil part? One of my favorite things, again, that. I mean, I'm not saying it's never happened, but I can't think of any point in Marvel that this has ever happened. Spider-Man is having trouble finding Hobgoblin because he doesn't you know because he just can't track him down especially because his spider bots aren't seeing him yeah. so what does he do he goes on to all media and goes oh by the way Hobgoblin yeah. is really Phil Yorick yeah. so if you happen to see him let me know because I'll be there I'm like yes <laughs> what there, there is no honor code of a superhero to protect a super villain's identity that <laughs> you know? was dope. I'm just like thank you finally Otto again for
1: being superior then, in your heroics <laughs> you <know? laughs> (laughs) 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 douchey but heroic douchey but I love the way he he did it and it was like the middle of like the work day so Phil York was at the planet planet,
2: Phil Phil York by the way was a reporter for the Daily Bugle so he's at work at this point and everyone (laughs) you you got Robbie's looking at him and all these people are like uh and then Robbie's like "All right, we don't know if this is true or not
3: (laughs) (laughs) no but some of them were like oh that explains all the hobgoblin footage oh okay. which of course robbie should go
2: well peter gets a lot of spider-man footage <laughs> <laughs> how odd that is mm. <laughs> you know? but uh but yeah it was funny like everyone's like well that explains all the hobgoblin footage and you know but i like robbie was just like let's settle down maybe this isn't right
3: <laughs> no and then the way the spider-man does it he like he he rallies the people behind him listen i need your i yes. spider-man need Very your smart. help we can work together to find this guy. Very Captain America of yes. it, wasn't it? It was very <laughs> Rally Cry. I mean, rally cry.
2: I, again, it was just so intelligent and to finally see that in print somewhere where you're like, yeah, I don't understand why, like, you know, vill- I mean, superheroes aren't all the time going, I need to capture so-and-so because they're really such-and-such.
3: Let me know.
0: <laughs>
2: you know? So like, oh, I b- love that.
3: Uh, by the way, Green Goblin's... Uh, Norman Osborn so if you see him walking down the street just call (laughs) 555-800-SPIDEY and we'll get to that later All right. so uh,
2: eventually we move into the next plot which is Necessary Evil and we get to see someone we haven't seen in years our boy Miguel O'Hara and who is Miguel O'Hara for real?
3: Spider-Man from 2099 that
2: is right he is and he is he's having trouble in his own 2099 timeline and guess what because of all the time crap that's going on in all of the Marvel books he ends up finding that things are going bad. I'm just giving you the quick version, by the way, people uh, and ends up back in our time period to try and figure out what's happening in his time period. Right.
3: Cause if it's his, uh his father, which is the head of this big Alchem corporation, right. X corporation is disappearing because of the glitch in the timeline. So he's, right. he's forced. What's funny is though, the way that they, 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 he has to go back in time, he's like, give me a reason why I have to go. And you hear the thought bubble is like, because, uh, The fact that I don't want him to know that he's my father, and if I just go willingly, then they'll figure something out. Right. So they're like, well, you have to go because you've already been there because you'll create a paradox if you go. He's like, well, that's a good enough reason for me. And he's (laughs) going through the door.
2: (laughs) So, and and, uh, for all you that don't know, um, Spider-Man 2099, Miguel O'Hara, if the name alone didn't clue you in, is probably one of the few superheroes that's, you know, stayed around in popular that's actually not related to a superhero but is that same name in the future. Like, you know what right. I mean? Usually it would be like, oh, I'm Parker's great, 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 great grandson or something like that. It's mm-hmm. like, no, this is just a guy. Somebody that, just took on the home Yeah, he doesn't have all of his abilities. Like, he doesn't have spider sense and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, he's got a lot of stuff going on. So anyhow, so he ends up in our time period. Um, Spidey runs into a familiar face. Or, I'm sorry. He runs into a familiar breast. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah.
2: Oh, that was so that funny. Is. Felicia Hardy runs into good old Otto. Does
3: does anything ever happen from because like he just takes her out real quick. Well, yeah, I mean he just leaves her and that's and that. And she's well, like, does
2: he leave her? What he, does he do? He leaves her tied up after punching her dead on in the <laughs> face. I mean, yeah. we're not talking like a chin punch. He cracks her right in the nose, mouth bleeding. When just it, bash, she's like, she loses a <laughs> tooth. I think. Yes. Even, yeah. She's like,
3: hey, Spidey, how's it going? Boom. Right. And of right course, if you're if, if
2: you're wondering why or like you know why wouldn't Otto try and keep a pretense don't forget what he said earlier is that when he purged Peter's memories if he had never accessed a memory of black cat and he had no reason to prior to purging Peter's memory he had no idea that he knows her especially romantically so all he knows is that's because he goes well that's the black cat she's a criminal and then he, she's trying to flirt with him. <laughs> he just cold cocks her right in the mouth. You know? I remember
1: reading that and just the way that, that that short sequence worked. I was like, what the fuck? I cracked up laughing. I thought it was the
2: funniest thing in the world. And then he, um, he you know webs her up because he was going somewhere. Yeah. Something far more important to do where he had like a dinner date or I don't know what the hell else he had to do. Yeah,
3: he had a he date, he had a had a date with anne Maria anne maria
2: Yeah, that's yeah. right. She, so. he's,
3: he's literally on the phone or swinging. I'm on my way. And then he sees Black Cat. I'll, I'll call you back right now. Hold on a sec literally takes like 2 seconds knocks her out ties her up and then he calls her okay I'm almost there right and <laughs> and
2: what I liked about it though was how it was handled I mean granted you know the excuse could be you know this was very unexpected I mean completely unexpected from the Felicia Hardy's point of view but it was one of those things it's like I'm sorry you really could not fight Spider-Man if you if he was going to fight you
3: <laughs> you know you, you know the the cover is misleading because right. you see the cover is just her um Cat, uh, Black Cat, and Spider Man. So you think like the whole story is going to be about it, right? It's literally like three or four pages in that. Story. Yeah,
2: I mean, well, I mean, the nice part was, I mean, because again, when you saw the cover, and I'm glad it wasn't a long story because it really shouldn't have been. It, it, the thing is, again, Dan dance lot's plotting the story, the the interaction between those two was just as long as it needed to be. At least I felt it was, yeah. you know, um, because you didn't want to get the hmm. You're not acting like yourself, hmm, I think I should probably try something else because evidently she knows people. No bullshit. He's just like, you're a criminal. I don't know who you are. Bang. I got some place to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, I, I really enjoyed that, uh, that, that during that time. Um, and then what else are we going on? What's going on during that time? Um, oh, we've, we, we've already previously met the guy, but um, Parker, the reason he meets Anne-Marie McConey... Is because he's trying to finish his doctorate. Because that's oh, the other yeah. part too. Is that Octopus Doctor Octavius? Octopus is a doctor. He has yeah. his doctorate. Peter doesn't, because Peter obviously, like we've already talked, has never finished anything. So he actually had to go back to the university and finish his doctorate. I thought, that but was he's cool. using his own Octopus's creations. He's using Otto's, you know, work
3: to give uh, Peter credit. He's only shy one course and his thesis. That's right. It.
2: Yeah. No. And that's fine. So, but Otto's using his own work. Yeah. as you know to represent his for his and thesis who, who's his professor professor Lamaze Otto <laughs>
3: Octavius's only so-called friend that you, you the only person you could actually say they were friends right. maybe
1: maybe using the term friends loosely, yeah. obviously. <laughs> With Otto
3: very loosely. Yeah.
2: You know, so that... They well, were that, old classmates. Right. So that guy is now on in charge of uh, approving the doctor, doctorates and whatnot. And he knows that this is Otto's work. So he calls Peter Otto and is saying this is plagiarism. Yep. And I just love because after Peter storms out, you know, because he's so far been denied the doctor, but he has a chance to appeal it. He just storms out. Maz must be destroyed. Yeah, <laughs> and it's yeah, just man. like, yeah, Otto, you're just kind of slipping a little bit back into your old self there.
3: Maybe you just beat him up a little bit. <laughs> What's funny is that was, throughout his whole rant, you know, he's, he's with um, Anne-Marie, and he's like, you know, maybe I can get some um, L, um, uh, life model decoys right. and, and do this and this. Yes. Or, or maybe I could, you know, blow him up this way or this and this. And, you know, Anne-Marie's just like, okay. Because she feel- doesn't know. Yeah. She's just like, okay, you feel better now? Right. You, she's you just taking it off like,
2: like, you know, if you and I had a bad day with the boss and be like, and if I fed him to piranhas. You know, like, <laughs> she's just like, oh, that's cute, honey. Now get over it. You know. Um, so I just thought that was uh, really funny. And also we, uh, during that same time period, Carly Cooper, who had been dating Peter prior to the whole exchange in amazing spider-man 700 uh, she's a she's a forensic cop uh for new york police department and she's realized that peter is octavius and she's put it down in her journal um and menace which is uh her sister which i never got that from earlier from menace's first appearance but evidently uh lily um i can't think of lily's last name because it's not cooper uh but lily the, the the woman that really is menace uh, steals the journal and then gives that to the Goblin King so now the Goblin King now knows that Spidey and Otto are the same person. Right. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so that's leading more into, you know, whatever's going to be going on.
1: I, felt, I mean, it, 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 even in the slow moments, this Spider um, series really still kept you interested because there are times where things kind of slowed down mm-hmm. but it was still very interesting. Yeah. It wasn't a lot of, like, like villain fighting action at certain points but even the, his interactions with Anne-Marie, his interactions with Horizons Labs, his interactions with James Jonah. Well, it, because... It just, it,
2: as a pacing yeah well because what he was doing was he was going gee I'm the only writer and not and there's so many comics with only one writer for years because I'm the only writer I get to build up a plot and that's to me what so many comics are missing everything is like oh I'm just going to be the writer for four issues so it's action 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 and then another writer comes in I'm the writer for six issues action 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 you know he's like I'm building plots so like you said even what we consider the slower parts they weren't boring or slow because it was building you knew this was going to lead to something else and everything did you know yeah Okay. So, and that pretty much gets us into the darkest hours so that we're now getting more into the issues of the 22 to 26 range. The beginning of the end. And uh, who shows up there as a special guest pop in? Agent Venom. Uh, A.K.A.
1: Flash Thompson. A.K.A. the guy that
2: gave Peter wedgies.
1: <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. the guy that was sucking Peter off in the, in the in the latest Spider-Man because he came back from, for those who don't read um, Flash Thompson, he was injured in the war yeah, he and lost, he had no, both, lost both, both his legs. Both his legs. Right.
3: And the symbiote, he actually has the symbiote under control. And he's a secret agent. Sort of under control. Drugged. drugged. Yeah, drugged. Yeah, right. Right. Drugged. But they have, like, an understanding. He's, right. he's like his pet dog, pretty much. <laughs> and, and then, um, but he's actually an Avenger, if you believe that. He's yeah. a covert Avenger. Yeah.
1: Uh, secret Avenger, you mean? Yeah. Well, he was Secret Avenger. Well, I don't know if he is anymore.
3: He, he says he calls himself a covert Avenger. <sighs> <laughs> he was part of Secret Avengers. He right? actually worked with Captain America. Another Avenger?
1: Mm, oh goodness. Man. How, many, how many of those do we have? <laughs> I,
2: I think I'm an Avenger. I saw Captain America pass out some card earlier today and I, I just took one. So if he if, said, if I have to run away suddenly, that's why. No, my, my no, water, that's, Captain, not,
1: that's Captain America on the corner saying, Damn, Falcon's away. You black man, <laughs> come <laughs> here. <laughs> <laughs> do
3: you know anything about birds? Why I like chicken. Good enough. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember, like, the other day, I don't know, like I, I heard a ringing in my wallet, and when I opened it up, there was an Avengers card. And it said, Avengers assemble. I'm like, eh, maybe later. That was mine. <laughs>
2: Everybody's phone rings. It's kind of like the flood alerts and the amber alerts. It's just, if you're receiving this message, you are now an Avenger. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty much what it's like to be an Avenger anymore. Um, so, so Flash anyhow, shows up. Flash shows up. Um, and of course, once again, as I just mem- mentioned about the memories. He, he never accessed that memory from Peter's mind so he has no idea who Flash Thompson is let alone anything else about the guy you know and Flash is Peter's best friend I'm trying to know? remember
1: did, did, did he have any recollection of, of Venom
2: he knew who Venom was everybody knows yeah. who Venom because everybody knows who Venom uh, no, is no but,
1: but,
3: but uh, Venom with the relation to Spider-Man no yeah okay, that's, well, um, well he knows, no 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 he, he knows he knows that Spider-Man and, and the symbiote have a like a history. Okay. Like he just doesn't that, understand. Yeah. He doesn't know like the right. whole story about
2: it. Right. I think he only knows it from like an outward. Like in other words, he probably heard from other, you know, sources on the street that Spider-Man and Venom had, you know, coexisted or something, but he doesn't know it from Parker's memory.
1: Gotcha. You know? that's, what was, that's what I was right.
2: Hearing. um So, you know, there's a, of course, a, a, a quick battle goes on and stuff like that. But the, the, the big meat that goes on is that Otto wants to get that symbiote out of Flash because basically he he thinks flash is going to be a uh, trouble because he knows now that flash knows peter right and since he has no idea who this guy is he knows that this is not going to go well because flash is like hey pete let's hang out hey let's do this hey let's do that pete pete can you help scrub my feet oh i don't have feet never mind <laughs> you know <laughs> I don't um, have feet, never mind. <laughs> um you know what i'm saying so like you know uh so Otto wants the the symbiote um out but then the symbiote latches onto him yeah you know and he becomes yeah. superior
1: venom
3: which he thinks that he can control.
2: Yeah, because
1: Otto is just that kind of an ass. Everybody everybody who has a symbiote thinks they symbi- can control it. And then eventually they get proven wrong. Uh, I'm good with mine. Yeah! <laughs> Sorry about that, Cap. <laughs> I guess I know a black thing coming towards my face. Wow, now I know what it's like. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: so, you know, so we have, of course, now we got the problem because the this, this superior venom is not only he's he's taking down criminals even worse than aquas but he's taking down like litter bugs jaywalkers i mean anything that's a crime he's now taking down <laughs> <Yeah. So> th- <laughs> there's a guy
3: driving and texting was that touch really important? yes <laughs>
2: that was i, I like that as silly as that was i actually kind of like the fun where they went with that so now the avengers have to get called in to remove the symbiote right eventually you know it comes out and of course out of thinking on his feet it's like, oh, yeah, there was a part of it residing in me all this time, and that's why I've been acting so weird. But you should
3: say how it came out. How did
2: it come out? I forgot now.
3: All right, so, um, Otto, he's trying, he's saying, he's trying to fight it. He's like, you know, because then he realizes that the symbiote is actually influencing him, right? And he's losing control. He's like, you know, I, I um, I, I could do this, I could do this. Oh, no, wait, it's, it's been influenced. I don't know if I can. And then you see, um, the reconstituted peter right
2: i was about to say emerging consciousness that's right he
3: comes back and you actually see him p- using his willpower to pull the symbiote that's off right. of off of auto but Otto still doesn't re- he hasn't realized that peter's back yet
2: right so, and that is our first um realization of peter's back too because and again i think we kind of skipped over this one part when we were talking about uh auto the, the getting yeah. out is that Otto himself went out of his way to purge peter out his memories out it wasn't just like he just made him go away. He actually used the machine, some kind of neural something machine to remove Peter's memories. Right. You know, and so this was our first clue that he was back.
3: During the, the 2099 Spider-Man, uh, little storyline. Story, right. Um, uh, Horizons lab, because of the whole thing with the timeline and everything, Horizon lab is pretty much a powder keg about to blow up. Right. So this is where you actually see a more humbling of, of Otto because uh, in order for him to stop this explosion, he needs to find an equation that it took Peter literally a few seconds to figure out. Right, and then he, he's like, I'm, "I'm thinking, I'm thinking." He's thinking really hard, and in it, you can see the the scene, the iconic scene. I was talking to this with, with the Cap. He actually told me this is a scene from an old comic. While he's thinking, it's a big splash page, and you see the rubble of their little mind fight that they had, mm-hmm. and you see Spider Man pushing. The rubble, or just the silhouette of him pushing the rubble off, right? And it's like
1: it was an homage to an old Amazing yeah. Spider-Man, the one right. where he's pushing the building off. Right. But, it's,
3: but it's a little foreshadowing because he was thinking so hard, it's like he was like helping bring back this because he was trying to think right. of well, the basically memory. he's
2: thinking what would what could Peter have been thinking? And you I know, think was, that, you know, he, yeah, he
3: was trying to see if he if he found the memory, right? But he, because he's thinking of all these memories, he brings them back, right? And then he's like, you know what? I don't need that. I'm Otto Octavius. I can figure this out. And he he puts in an equation. And he's like, I am inferior because the the equation right. didn't work, and you just see Horizon Labs, boom, and it's gone. Right. But they, um, his his coworkers, uh, they, uh, use this thing and they bring him back, but just him. And he's like, you, you can sort of see him. He's like, oh, you know, oh my God, I feel like humble. He's like, how did I fail? You know, right. How did I go wrong? No, I, Parker did this, but I couldn't. What?
2: And see that would have led into that led into um. Actually, a, uh, a Superior Spider-Man team up where he meets with Namor, and oh. that, by the way, is a fantastic team. You up. talked about. That I was talking one about that yeah. uh, not on the podcast, but I was talking to you about that. Yeah, um, because he was actually because he realized that you know, like I said, he started feeling inferior, and he was actually literally web swinging his way to Avengers Tower to confess everything that he's Otto, he's killed Peter, the whole nine yards, I and mean, he's and it's not like maybe he's definitely going to do it. Some trouble erupts and it looks bad enough. And I think, oh no, what it is, is that as he's swinging, literally Namor not flying, being thrown through a building past him. And he just when he realizes Namor, he was just like, "It's Namor. I'm sure he deserves whatever is happening to him." You know, like, it's literally, because he's like, "I've got somewhere to be." But then, like you know, he sees Namor is. Namor, it turns out, I mean, I won't get too much into this at all, but uh, Namor can't see who he's fighting, not because he's blind, but almost imagine, kind of like with Otto's spider bot technology, not noticing the goblins, there's something about these enemy that um, Namor's fighting, he can't see them. So he's just swinging blindly, but Otto can see them clearly, and he's just like... Why is this fool just swinging blindly? You know, he, he, you know, why did he just hit them? So then he's like, oh, okay, this doesn't look like a fair fight. So I'll go in and assist. And of course, Namor being even more obnoxious than Otto is just like, I didn't need your help. Yeah, obviously you did. You know, so there's, a, <laughs> there's a lot of that. And, um, you know, other fighting, not between the two of them, but other fighting occurs. And Namor's just like, you know what? I really don't need your help. And he's like, yeah, you really do. But then he's like, well, where are you going? And then he, he doesn't confess, of course, the specifics. He's just saying how, you know, I feel like, you know, I, I, I'm not doing my best. I haven't done my best. I've been lying to myself. I thought I was superior, um, you know, but I'm realizing I'm inferior and blah, 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 blah. And Namor just looks at him and he just busts out laughing. He was just like, because you're a loser. He's basically like, he goes, he goes, I could have told you that. He goes, all these people were maybe beneath you. He goes, but you're beneath me. You know, it's basically that kind of a thing. So that, you know, Spidey starts to realize after a while, he was like, you know what? these people are inferior to me and it is for their benefit. If I stay around kind of a thing. So he, you know, he, he, he says to himself, you know what? I'm not going to tell the Avengers because I'm doing good. I am helping these people. So then he just turns to Namor. He goes, by the way, I need to thank you for that. He just punches the shit out of Namor. <laughs> and just walks away. <laughs> um, but it's a great issue. It's just one of those. That's really a great issue. So, um, but else, what else has been going on during the time with flashback? We also get that, uh, that Carly, has been kidnapped. Yes. Right. And she's been given the goblin formula and she
1: now becomes... She's goblinized. Monster,
2: monster. Which was a horrible name and an even worse look. Mm-hmm. I was like, like so,
1: so you have the goblin queen, I mean the goblin king, you have the goblin knight. You have which is Hobla goblin Exactly. And then you have... Monster?
2: Yeah. I'm just like, you just start naming people after energy drinks, really? My question is... <laughs> Who's Red is, Bull?
3: Wow. <laughs> My question is, why is she the only one that's like disfigured?
2: They're all disfigured. Uh, the Menace is disfigured. In fact, Menace, for the longest time, looked like a man when Menace first came out. Really?
3: Yeah. Then remember we're... remember Menace when they
2: introduced Menace in Amazing? Way back in Amazing. Um, it was uh, soon after the brand new day. But Menace literally looked like a man and okay, then started to look more yeah, like a woman. Yeah. But well,
3: Hobgoblin isn't disfigured and neither is Norman. But he's not, he
2: doesn't have the goblin formula. Norman does. Norman doesn't. Norman's the only one that has taken the formula that's not disfigured. Like all the others do. I don't know if it's something he's done to it or, you know, one of those. Yeah. His, his DNA just happened to react this
3: way. How does know? Hobgoblin have that sonic scream then?
2: Um, it's all electronic, I believe. Oh, yeah, it's electronic. Yeah, because I, yeah, I don't think his is, it's not a mutant ability with him, no. I don't think. Yeah, no. not, that, not that I know of, no. Yeah. no. And his suit, I, I think, just gives him strength and stuff like that.
1: No, okay. so, so now at this point, isn't it when, when, when the goblins start fighting each other? When, um, well, the Hobgoblin had there had been a little bit. I, you know, I didn't want to get too much into
2: that because that gets confusing. But the original oh, Hobgoblin, or short, yeah, yeah King, um, Kingsley, the original Hobgoblin, is mad that other goblins have been out there. So he blackmails. Um, oh, because
3: he has he has a whole enterprise. Right. He starts se- selling other villains' identities. Right. Or like their their personas to to regular people. So that's how. Um, what was it Phil York? He's the reason he's the hobgoblin is because he's paying Kingsley. Well, for he the hadn't name. been.
2: He had been the hobgoblin, but Kingsley basically beat the shit out of yeah. him, and it was like if you want to stay the hobgoblin, you gotta pay then you'll pay me. And then he like he's like like Ralph just said, what he was doing is like let's say other minor villains once they've been defeated, he would gather up their equipment and then sell it to somebody else and say if you want to be you know you know i don't know who but some minor villain then any crime you commit i get 60 percent or whatever it is of the take yep. and that's his enterprise but then the goblin king aka the green goblin dressed um, as a yeah you know goes in and then they they finally have a war um and supposedly the hop uh, the the Kingsley hobgoblin supposedly dies, but even there we we're told it wasn't him. It was just another guy in a yeah. suit, right? Because
3: right. because uh, F- uh, Phil York he un- unmasked him and he's like, oh, that's not Kingsley. Yeah, let me get rid of this body because you know the Green Goblin's in a good mood. He don't need to see this, right?
2: <laughs> but all that brings us into Goblin Nation, which is the end of our tale. Yes. So it's thirty one days later after the Hobgoblin Wars, and uh, the Goblin King has been uh, kind of taken over New York slowly but surely.
3: Right. Yeah, he's taken over Brooklyn. What was it? Yeah. And? <laughs> like kidding. it's not going <laughs> to creep into Manhattan like
1: everything else does even though it's usually the opposite. Things yeah. from Manhattan creep into Brooklyn. Yeah, no, but it,
3: pretty much all, all of Brooklyn is just the whole Goblin territory. Yeah, exactly. And then um, Jameson's spinning out a, ca- a campaign saying, all this happened during your, um, your watch, Spider-Man. You let this happen. You're in cahoots right. with Goblin. Meanwhile... The goblins blowing up Spider Island. Right. So,
2: oh, I mean, he decimates oh, Spider Island. I mean, just his poor minions. His minions stuck by his side. That's why I'm like that boy. He he may have been harsh in words, but he evidently you know gave out good bonuses yeah. and, and you know you know <laughs> Taco Bell Tuesdays. I don't know what they did there. You Taco you know? Bell
3: Tuesdays. <laughs> but, but the way it happens, though, it's actually it's, it's like a game of chess, you know. Because they um when, while I was reading it, you know, I think okay, Otto has the upper hand because. Along the way, he fights um, what's her name? Amazon, no, the, the holographic girl. Um, Stunner. Stunner. So he fights Stunner. His old girl. His old love. Yeah. <laughs> he, he defeats her and takes her holographic uh, projection technology, and he has it on spider Island. So he uses that to go see Norman Osborn. That was
2: such a great scene. So so yeah.
3: so, so Norman. Uh, so, but we
2: but none of us know this at this point. Yeah.
3: So uh, um, Octavius is in the air. He um he makes it look like he's been taken captive. And then um, Norman's about to, like, kill him.
2: Well, he's monologuing. Yeah,
3: he's monologuing. He's, and he's about to kill him. And he, like, gets electrocuted. And it's just a hologram. It shows that he's a hologram. He's like, you really think that I would go over there and, and myself? Come on. What kind of a fool do you think I am? But at this point, um, Norman already knows that it's Otto. And, and right. he's told him, Otto, you know, come on. I've known all your technology. And at at, at that exact moment, he's like... You think you've won? No. And boom, Spider Island is under attack. Yeah. See, how how could this be?
1: Yeah. Your bots can't find anything. Your bots can't recognize anything. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so,
2: you know, so Spider Island, which is, I mean, what it is that, you know, Slot is, of course, by this point, just saying, like, you know. Whatever happens, it's going to come down to Spider-Man. Yep. Doesn't matter who's under the the helmet of that, you know. But in other words, there's not going to be any minions help him. There's not going to be any robots to help him. It's just going to be Spider-Man versus whatever the big bad's about to be. Right. You know? the, the,
1: the, the way Peter Parker's always done it. Now right. we got to see if Octavius um, can do it.
2: You know. Um. And also, well, also, um, th- you know, as the fight's beginning, he gets off of Spider Island. But then when Otto is starting to go around trying to figure out what's going on because he knows the Goblin's been kidnapping people, um, he doesn't know about Ann Maria yet. But you know, he's trying to go around saving people. He thinks. He, I don't know if he thought it was anne Marie he was going to save or whatever, but it turns out that it was Professor Lamaze yeah. that the Goblin had hostage. Right. A battle goes on in there, and the Goblin, I mean Spider Man, uses um, his like a spider leg version of his octo his octopus arms, yep. which Otto has taken over. And during the battle there, Spider Man's about to be impaled on one of them, and Lamaze jumps in front of it. You mean um, Norm- the-
3: Norman takes over the. Right, I'm
2: sorry, yeah, Norman takes over the arms, but uh, it's about to impale Spider-Man on it, and Lamaz jumps jumps in front of it and takes it, because Spider-Man had just recently saved his life, I'm sorry, Peter Parker had just recently saved his life, as it was, you know, Um, so that gave it, uh, if you were wondering, that tied up that part of the story there.
3: What was was interesting, though, is how they show, you would think, because it's known that Peter Parker helps Spider-Man, and Norman is looking for Spider-Man, so he's going after all of Peter Parker's associates to try to leverage Peter Parker. Right. Um, Because
2: uh, And by the way, if anyone's not remembering anyone, if you're that far out of touch with Spider-Man, because of the one more day storyline, no one knows Peter Parker's Spider-Man anymore, including Norman Osborn. Right. Unless Peter has since then told somebody, Norman even does not have, uh, no longer has that memory.
3: So some some of of Goblin's minions go to try and capture Mary Jane. Mary Jane's on a little date with her fireman boyfriend and (laughs) the Goblins burst through the window. And she's like, oh no, this ain't gonna happen again. She, she runs, she runs away, and, and, and the boyfriend's like, what, what, where are you going?
2: And he's a big firefighter, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> she goes, grabs some webs, uh, shooters that, uh, Peter had given her in the past, and she just webs up, um, the minions, and then they, they go away. Mm-hmm. And, um, what's the next scene? You see them trying to burst into, uh, Jameson's house, right? And there is completely empty. You're like, what the hell? Where are they? And then you see Mary Jane had already picked them up. It's like, right. listen, the first thing that they do is go after uh, Peter's uh, people. So that's it. We're just going to go. We're going to drive away, far away from this. And it's, it's like, it's genius. Because it's like. <laughs> well,
2: it's the first time Mary Jane ever did anything smart. Yeah. Ever. She's like, I'm not going to be a
3: victim again.
2: <laughs> Besides that, my club's successful and I'm dating a real man. That's right. <laughs>
3: it's like, I got nothing to lose now. You know, Th- That was the thing that we didn't touch upon, Han, huh, how this auto- um, this Spider-Man or, or this version of Peter Parker, he actually did something that Peter could never do, and that's end the endless uh, cycle with Mary Jane, where it's like we uh, we're in love, um, you know, we're together, but then I can't be honest with you. I'm honest with you. I tell you I'm Spider-Man. I put you in danger because I'm Spider-Man, and then we break up, and then the cycle starts all over again. Right. And he's like, he's like, I was like. This is when he was trying to sleep with her. And that was, that, that was another funny thing we're going to talk about there. He goes on on a few dates with her. And each one is like trying to sleep with her. Yeah. And you see, it's like a, a...
2: Because, again, for anybody that does not know about the brand new day, the one more day, is that when Mephisto cast the spell that now no one remembers that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, unless he tells them, it dissolved Peter and Mary Jane's relationship. So Peter and Mary Jane were in love. They were going to be married, but they've been broken up for a while. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So F- it, it,
1: it, well, basically, Mephisto's spell changed a lot of things. Changed the entire history of Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Where you know, before Brand New Day, he was married to, to Mary Jane. To now, to what you're saying, where they were about to get married, and then
2: something have, happened at the wedding, and yeah, like it never occurred.
1: Yeah.
3: So um, that that whole little uh, few pages is pretty funny. It feels like a uh, uh, was like one of those cheesy romance movies where it's like, all right, first date, all right, unsuccessful. All right, second date. So she just leaves him at the door gives him a little kiss. and he's, So then uh, he's like, he's thinking, okay, I got to use Spider-Man. That's the missing element. So they go on a little web ride, right? And he drops off at her apartment and he's thinking, all right, yes, I'm finally going gonna, gonna to go inside. No, <laughs> <laughs> Badum, she's boom. right there. Bell. <laughs> Badum, <boom.
1: laughs> I'm finally going to come inside.
3: Nice. <laughs> There we go. <laughs> two, two for one special here. <laughs> Meanwhile, 22. Go right. ahead. But, but that one, that whole scene is just a little funny. And then he realizes after his little like pervy memory session where he's like, you know, oh, I can be with Mary Jane because Peter Parker's been with Mary Jane. So he just relives all those memories where he's like where Parker's been with her. And then he realizes the next day he's like, listen, this isn't going to work. That's it. We're going to have to end this. The cycle is... It's just crazy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a pointless relationship, and Otto's just like, I'm superior, (laughs) (laughs) and I'm not going to keep making a stupid mistake. And 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 goes right from that to actually finding true love.
1: Something Peter couldn't do. No, Peter. Peter. (laughs) Peter had. Let's be honest. Let's not fucking shit on it. Peter has true love with her because Otto was detached from her. That's why he's able to make the decision. Which you know is something in in all life. It's hard to do when you're that close to the situation. That's true.
2: Peter had his true love with Mary Jane when he wasn't also scamming on the black cats. the same time hey, and said, then when, like truth, i said truth. otto found his one and was
3: faithful oh because okay. he only <laughs> had one girlfriend <laughs> he only needed one he wasn't playing the field <laughs> you know it wasn't his body i'm just saying <laughs> hey you know i'm just saying you know but anyhow so um so it was uh i was gonna say we we're, were hitting we were actually hitting hitting toward the end actually oh, that's right yeah. um so at that point um uh, they're rounding up Parker's associates and then, um, Spider-Man at this point, monster attacks, uh, uh, Spider-Man at Parker industries, right. which is their Parker's little startup. And after the little battle, he subdues her. And, um, and then wrath is also involved. Thus wrath is uh, Wraith. Wraith. My bad. Sorry. Is, uh, one, 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 Officer uh, yeah. Watanabe? Watanabe. 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 Come on. <laughs> Downtown Abbey, what? Watanabe. <laughs> anyway, so um, she, her uh, costume uses the same technology that the spider bots use in, in recognition. So she can't see Monster. Right. So she doesn't know what, what the hell's going on. So he subdues her and takes Monster inside because she, she fights the urge and she's like, listen, um, cure me, find the cure, whatever. Mm-hmm. So, so he takes her inside and then they fake Peter Parker's death. So right. that way they can stop going after Parker's associates.
2: Right. You know, so meanwhile, you know, Otto, I mean uh, Goblin has, you know, like I said been capturing people and whatnot. Um Peter now I mean well, Otto now knows that Anne Marie has been taken captive. Otto, of course, is playing his normal chess match kind of games. Uh he leads Spider Man into the subway, subway tunnel. tunnel. Right. Um now by this point, uh I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me finish what I was about to say. So he leaves her in the subway tunnel. It turns out it's Amy Chen who was the, the girl that um, Parker's or that Otto's genius machines had helped save the life of uh, earlier on in our episodes. Turns out it's her being. Uh, she's webbed in front of a moving train, basically, run, and run, Otto run. just freezes. He cannot seem to react because the train's right there. He's thinking, and you know, he's thinking like, "What do I do?" Da da da. And Parker's consciousness is just yells, "Jump!" Jump. And so he immediately grabs uh, Amy Chen. Da da da. And that's. Otto now is very aware that Peter is there. Peter's talking to him. Otto ends up going back to his lab. And finally, you know, in a, in the most ultimate sacrifice, he puts himself in the machine and erases all of his memories, including his love for Anna Maria McCroney, because he doesn't want Parker to have anything left. That's going to distract him in saving the day.
3: And we forgot to mention before all that, um, the goblin goes him on by destroying pretty much everything that he's, he's worked on the, the clinic his, his um old parker house. industries parker his old house i think it was and like something else too there's a few other right no no he doesn't attack parker industries cause no no, because that's what it is otto's back. otto's things that's like, what it is okay yeah.
2: all of otto's belongings so like his
3: old house or something and some other yeah. thing yeah. but he blows them all up and you could just he, like you could feel the anger it's like i'm going to kill you right he says to that yeah.
2: you know and so um in that though um when otto as he's embracing his memories He's talking to Peter. They're talking on a, uh, you know, on a kind of memory, kind of level. And you know, he admits he's just like, you know, I thought I was superior. He goes, but you know, I don't have your focus. You know, he's, you know, and a few other things and he just tells Peter. He goes, you've always been superior, and you always will be. Yeah. And Otto, like I said, he he his life so that it's not that you didn't realize it would would be anyhow, but it is very clear um, that this has been an entire redemption story for Otto um, Octavius. And I just thought it was. An excellent redemption for him, so that now um, Peter is back to himself. He changes costume back to his old Spider-Man costume and goes out and begins saving the day. You know, fixing up a Spider-Man 2099 had been in trouble.
3: What's What's funny about that whole thing is that because um, Otto had left him, he had made it. He's like uh, the Goblin sent out these uh, Spider Slayers that were commissioned by Jameson and created by um, Alchemix, mm-hmm. and um, so he's like. W- uh, is like, what are you going to do? Are you going to help Spider-Man or are you going to run uh, the, the other Spider-Man or are you going to run away? He's like, well, uh, the other Spider-Man's like, well, we, uh, Michael Herrera's like, you could stay. We He knows we could take him out um, ourselves and then because he thinks he's going to go save um, Anne-Marie.
2: Right.
3: So he's like, if you stay, we can defeat all these robots and then we go save the person. He's like, nope, I'm out. So he leaves him to try to save Anne-Marie, which right. turns out to be uh, Amy Chen, right? Okay. Right. And then when he runs back, he's uh michael Harris had already defeated most of the robots there's only fighting with one left and um peter's peter, not peter, back yeah peter comes back and takes care of that robot he's like oh uh, that's over with michael Herr's like really you come back now after you left me he's like no, no 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 that wasn't me it was octavius he had my mind and he's like oh, okay i could buy that which, right.
1: go, which goes to 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 um because it's funny we got into this whole narrative of the entire storyline the ending is the only thing I really, I don't say the only thing I had a problem with, right. but, but well, it was probably one of the things that was a little more glaring. There are little right. things you know throughout the, throughout the series, you're like, okay, oh, yeah. oh all right. But, well, yeah, well,
2: we're almost done with the ending, and yeah, then we'll go back over cause, that. Because of
1: what you're talking about there, right? You know, the fact that he was, you know, when, when Miguel O'Hara only needed a couple of sentences to talk to Spider-Man be like, yeah, that's you. Okay, I'm fine. Well, no. he wasn't even just
2: like the other Jew. you. He just literally said um, Otto had taken over my mind. He goes, Yeah, that sounds about right. And yeah. then that was the end of that. Yeah. You know, um,
3: just that whole thing is like hilarious. It's like, really? It that's is, all you need to say? Uh, it I'm, is, I'm gonna go commit a few crimes. Oh no, no, Otto took over my mind. It all wasn't right. me. All <laughs> right. I mean, like, it, it
2: had its humor, but, eh, but we'll get to the review part in a moment. But uh <laughs> um, so now Peter's off to go save Anna Marie. Um, Anna Marie is on the rooftop of Alchemex Tower. And um she is surrounded by like a countless amount of Explosives. small and large yeah. pumpkin bombs. Right. And um, you know, the goblin's there. He's been waiting for Otto to show up. And it's it's when they're fighting and uh, you know, he's just like, you know, you have, you know, nothing left, da 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 da, da and That's when uh, Peter, now in the mask, just says, you know, at least I can always say I've never worn a man purse. (laughs) And that's when the Goblin's like, it's you. It's you. It's not Otto, and this is not part of the program. So he starts to leave. Spider-Man, of course, goes to take him down. Um, There's a formula that, like, you know, that Ralph had already mentioned that should reverse the Goblin um, formula. And he tries to inject that. Norman doesn't work. He rips off the mask. Now the Spider-Bots can see him. All these Spider-Bots merge onto uh, Norman, and they have the formula in it, which you know. But He calls them Nanobots? But if you really look at them, they're not that small. Yeah, they're not. They're not nano, but but they're smaller than the spider bots. But anyhow, but uh, but when we get the reveal, is you see some guy with this this blonde '70s porn mustache, mustache, you know, know, and you're like, who the hell is this? And it's this guy that says, he goes, well, I'm Alchemex executive uh, Mason Banks, but I'm really Norman Osborn. So basically, he's saying, like, well, he says, I've changed my face, and I will continue to change my face till I get the job done. Yep. So you had one of those wah-wah moments. Um, <laughs> but the, the, uh, the nanobots do their job. Uh, injecting him with the s- uh, formula removes all of his goblin-type powers, meaning his strength, his ability to basically control his glider, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. So Spider-Man takes that easily. Um, Anne-Marie basically saves herself. And, um, you know, uh, Sp- Peter catches her using his webbing. Right. What I didn't... Uh, oh, I'll get to that part in a second, too. Um, and so the beast is spreading. Um, she beats the explosion. And uh, that pretty much saves the day. And then we get to the the little uh, wrap up, few pages that are after that. Well, so that's the basic end of the tale.
3: Well, Norman gets away.
2: Well, yeah, that I, mean, I was going to lead to that, but yeah, um, you know he's captured. They're at on street level. Something occurs that interferes with Spider Man's signal. Yeah. But Miguel O'Hara is there. But yeah, Norman Osborn with no power. Manages to run Boom. one block away and evade everybody. No, that, he, he, that's, that's a review point that I'll get to in a moment. He crawls
3: into the manhole and goes into the subway. Yeah, he I runs
2: see. one block away. <laughs> it, it literally says one block away. Really? Yeah. Oh. If you look at that page, but, first caption, one block away, and you see Norman running to the manhole. Oh.
3: <laughs> you know? Well, the, the, that end is just crazy because he's like, um, You were messing with a madman before. Now that the goblin form is gone from my mind, you'll see what a sane man can do.
2: Right. Well, basically, he was saying that the you know the the formula, as much as his genes was there, it, it, it kept him crazed. Mm-hmm. But now right. he's like, you know, I'm just calm. as angry, but I'm completely calm now. But, but,
1: but I kind of felt like that that, that we've seen this Norman Osborne already in. Yeah. Um, remember when Norman Osborn the, took over yeah, um, the Shield? Dark
2: Avengers and all that? I mean, it's the same. You know,
1: I, yeah, I was not
2: pleased with that. Yeah. Um, but just to get to the very last part there, because I know we've been going on for this. You have actions have consequences, which is the second part of uh, issue number thirty one. Right. That's a bonus wrap up story. And that's where we get we don't we no longer have action. Now we're down to uh, Peter's apologizing to Aunt May and Jay uh, Jameson and Mary Jane and even Ollie happens to be there. Um and uh, and not Ollie from Family Guy. <laughs> it was a good book, um, <laughs> but still uh, black. Yeah, still black. Um, it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's giving an apology. I, you know, oh, I know I've been you know distant and crazed and mean and whatever. And of course, right away everyone's like loving him and he talks to Mary Jane off to the side and explains it was Otto. And she's like, I'm sure it was, uh, you know, but you know, my club's doing well. I've got a new man in my life. So I really don't want to be around you anymore. I'm, I'm summarizing this um, very sarcastically by the way, but this is what happens. So she's basically like, you know, love you, but don't need to be around you anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Carly comes and talks to Mary Jane after Peter goes away. And she's like, bow, um- you know, they have a little, you know, girl talk and she's just like, you know, I really like Peter, but you know, his life's crazy and I get dragged into this craziness and I just want to be, a uh, you know." A, you know, a forensic police officer. And I'm thinking of leaving and Mary Jane's like, it's your life. You know, we all love Peter, but do what you do. And Carl's like, yeah, okay, I'm out of here. <laughs> so she leaves and then Spider-Man goes to visit J. Jonah Jameson. And he, you know, you know, Jonah is just like, you're know, already fit to be tied. He's already decided to leave, to be, um, to resign being mayor. Yeah. Well, he already, we know that he's thought about it by that point. Right. Um, Spider-Man comes, he's like, here's the recording. He's like, you know, Jameson's like, is this some kind of trick? No, it's not. You know, I know we've had our problems, but you don't deserve to take the rap for all this because, you know, the Slayers and all that stuff is taken over by the Goblin. Here, this will help clear your name. He leaves, and Jonah, that's when we find out that Jonah has already resigned. Yeah, so he's, he's like, it's a little bit too late. If and, only
3: you had told me this 10 minutes ago. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, <so laughs> now, which I was like, wow. Yeah.
2: And then, uh, so Jonah, <laughs> you, know, you know, basically, you know, says goodbye to the, the vermin that is New York. And then just says, uh, you know, he vows that the next time he will be doing the kicking in New York. <laughs> and that's how we end off with that.
1: It was it was a great series. I just felt like the last two issues, though action packed, wrapped things up. Well, I was good with thirty. Yeah, I was good with thirty. Thirty, by the way, leads up to
2: the train almost killing Amy Chen, and then Peter coming back. Just to you know, give you a point of reference for the the listeners that have made. not have read it. Everything after that train sequence, where you know I that I sped up through all the savings and whatnot. That all is issue thirty one, including the little um, wrap up that I just said. So I was good all the way up to thirty. 31, I felt very much like you kind of threw some stuff together. I didn't feel it was rushed. I just thought it was,
1: I don't know, just a little too... Do do you feel like not well thought out? I
2: I think it was actually very well thought out for the writer's point of view, not from a reader's point of view. I think he thought he was being clever... And it just wasn't, you know. It would be like you know, back in the old days when it would be clever and so proper that they had amnesia, and then suddenly everyone <laughs> had amnesia. Yeah. You know, when you're telling me that the most major, one of the most major villains that Spider-Man has just had a plastic surgery fix, and that's why we'll never recognize him again, I'm like, well, that's Lame, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Plastic um, surgery, <laughs> yeah. You know, so I mean, like so I was good all the way up to then. I I didn't like uh, the fact that Carly Cooper suddenly has goblin eyes. But oh, yet yeah. everybody else that had the injection seemed to be cleared up just fine. Like, you know, Menace right away reverted back to her old self. And so I just thought that that just seemed odd. I mean, it was just odd. It was not, I mean, I don't love Carly Cooper. It just was weird that, you know, you left her with this little remnant. So I don't know what's going to happen with her life.
1: Well, they said it's going to take, according to what they said, it's going to take months for her to heal. So I think that was an excuse for her to kind of, you know, right. go away. Yeah, to go yeah. away, and, you know, be, be out of the storyline for yeah. a while yeah
2: um we already touched on it but i thought it was because it happened more than once i thought it was absolutely ridiculous that with only a few words everyone noticed that peter went from being a jerk to a sweet guy yeah. <laughs> Inclu- including the guy ollie ollie is overhearing Aunt may's side of a conversation so she's not he's not hearing the whole conversation she's not on speakerphone with this thing she's talking to peter peter is basically saying like i want to make sure you're okay Da da and she's just like oh we're fine peter it was sweet of you to call so from that side he goes well, from what I've just heard, it sounds like your old your your ex Peter just went from being a jerk to a sweet guy. And yeah. I'm like, I know you're trying to tell us that now Peter's back and people can realize that, but this is just so ridiculous that in, <laughs> in a
1: sentence or two, everyone's like, "He's great now. We love him." Yeah. You I, I, I kind of wish that slot would have left it open for, for for those relationships to mend or not. And he did with some of the some right. of the stuff. Like we still wait till Black Cat comes around again. I can't. Wait oh, to see that. that one
2: and and crazy Anna Marie Marconi. I mean, she just went from "I love you, Peter" to "I will kill myself for you, Peter." <laughs>
3: <Like, laughs> yes, yeah, so it's like what's going to happen with that? Like, That's going to be is he going to continue? The relationship. No, I kind of wish. Listen, um, the guy that fucked you—that wasn't me.
2: No, you know, she, that wasn't me. She'll just be like, he'll be like, "Have you got to break up?" And she'll be like, "Let's have sex one more time." And you know, he'll be like, "Wow, with you, I look huge."
0: <laughs> God.
2: <laughs> All right. Um I wasn't a big fan of that. Um and, you know, I, I have a few things. I, I one of my big points, and I kind of uh, gave a little clue to that when I was giving the fast review, is. The whole Spider-Man "quote-unquote" saving Anne Marie—I—I I thought that was piss-poor thought out. There's a literally one minute left on these bombs about to blow up. He, um, the the Goblin's are like, "Well, you're going to save that dwarf," and he's like, "Well, from what I've heard about Anne Marie, she can take care of herself." Now, at at no point she is she's completely tied up. The Goblin, after Peter has said that, is throwing like his Goblin knives. One, by pure chance, happens to hit a
3: wall. A few no, no. feet from Anna no, Marie. He catches, um, Peter catches the the, the, the the thing that he's throwing Yeah, No, look at, the, look at the picture. Uh, I just got
2: finished reading it. It literally is thrown by, it's going by him. It lands in a wall a few feet away. And now you also have to remember, you're in a panic situation. You have no idea what anyone's going to react like in a panic situation. You have smart people that have burned to death in a building that they could of have course, gotten yeah. out of. So all of this is that there's a blade in the wall near her. She has to then cut herself free, but she's on the roof. He has no idea how long his fight with Norman Osborne is going to last, you know. So it's just like kind of. He was kind of like, "Yeah, good luck, Anne Marie. <laughs> Hope you make it." Yeah. See, he
3: catches yeah. it and throws it.
1: So it was Peter who did it. It wasn't just no, 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 wait. no. no he, he's grabbing it there. He, catches he caught it, it.
3: He's spinning and he throws it there. But even
2: still. And she was going to naturally react. What if she had not seen that? What you know? In
3: well, other words, he threw it right. He
2: closer, threw it right see? to her. No, okay. <laughs> no, all, right, all right, Cap. Did you just not agree that smart people have burned that? We just that's You're why right. I made that statement. So again, he base he could have just grabbed her off the building. He could have taken her to safety, then gone after the Green Goblin. Okay. I'm sorry, the go- the Goblin's still fucking shit up right there. So, I got not leave him to leave him to get away. So okay. Uh, who, this is Peter Parker who does who stops people from robbing a handbag when he needs to be other places. He all he had to do is grab Anna Marie, take her to another building, and no. then go after the That's
1: goblin. is about Peter. Hate? No, 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 no. This isn't Peter. Hate. This at, is this is this bad point, writing. Hate. At
3: this point, goblins already realize that it's it's Peter, not Otto. So he's running away
2: and you have a person that could be blown up sitting on a building of explosives which one do you go after Do you go after the villain that has gotten away a billion times and you've always captured or do you go save the person that may or may not be able to untie herself from where she is and then and even when she unties herself hold on i'm yes, not sure. i don't know hold it she unties herself she's on the top of a building where's she gonna go well, oh. clearly he was planning to pick her up
3: oh, after okay. she's already
2: on So stuff. he knew for a fact somehow that the fight would take exactly 59 seconds i guess yeah, you like, see what i'm trying to say he's this a is, genius no you that, said it yourself like i said he's a genius this, you can't go back that, like on I, I said this was that was very <laughs> very piss poor writing because it was just one of those it's like i saved the day no one dies on my shift well except for the dwarf who may or may not live i really don't care about <laughs> it was very very thrown together all you know? right all right all right Maybe yeah, let's yeah. wrap
1: this up guys all right so great series 31 issues Let's give a review because you know we're very harsh on reviews. So, RT Square, off the tech, what do you
3: give the
1: series of The Superior Spider Man?
3: I give The Superior Spider Man 31 dolts out of 31. (laughs) 31 out of I, 31. I love this thing. He, he was, gave he gave it a six clause. Yes. I, I, I will six clause the shit out of this one. This <laughs> is incredible. <laughs> that sounds like a
1: point. I will six clause the shit out of this one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I, I actually kind of... Okay. Wow. Okay. Um, Mike, what, what you got? Oh, like I love this thing, but I definitely... Uh,
2: it's... The ending took a little bit away from the whole story because it, it it just did not end in the same strength that the entire series went through up into that one issue, Um so I'm going to give it a, a good, I'm going to give it a solid nine and a half
1: porn handlebar mustaches out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I agree with you and I disagree. I feel like even Lock and Key was more disappointing with the ending than this. This was disappointing. Well, I didn't find Lock and Key's, point. I thought Lock and Key's timing was disappointing. But, not but, the but, but, but once again, we'll get into the same argument about time. The writer, the writer had plotted this out. And if he knows that he's going to divide it in such a way, then that's the writer's fault. Which is part of the but how, wait, wait a minute. But if you read this as one book, okay. So imagine but, but, but all thirty. But,
2: but it's
3: not one
1: book. It is, well, it's one story. No, no, but it's one and key story. Is but, one story no, I'm saying, but, so, yeah, it's one story. But what
3: I'm saying is, when they distributed it, it's not written in one book. Alpha it, one and Alpha two. So if, if Alpha one and two was just Alpha, it would have been. It, it would have been. It would have been. I felt like
1: I would have had a higher rating.
2: But, but that's what I'm trying to say, though, is that you're. You're, in other words, if I, if I have two statements, I went to the store and I bought milk, and those two statements are in two different books, it's the same thought. So in other words, if I'm good with the whole thought, it's just broken up in two different books. It, you see what I'm trying to say? In other words, I'm, I'm giving you the same story, so I, I don't understand how it becomes different broken into but like i said the timing i thought sucked on making me wait for it but
1: that's what i'm saying the time that's part that's part of the writing part of but the that's writing not is the right the timing not the writer's decision that's the
3: publisher's decision no, but let's but put it the, he chose to split it up yeah because
1: i mean he, he the publisher didn't i mean he i, I don't believe that and i don't want to get into this but i was gonna say i don't believe that the writer had no no say in where one story should stop and the other should start but, if anything he probably wrote it as this is what alpha one is going to be and it's going to end here it was his presence in mind to say this is where the story is going to end, which I'm like, yeah, yeah. But if you
2: remember that book, it was broken up, like said in two parts with lots of filler at the end. That's Dark Horse's decision. Remember, it was all pictures afterwards in both books. Yeah, I remember. Which, which means if they had, if Dark Horse had wanted to, they could have just taken out the pictures but, of all the but, but, books. But once again, I'm just saying, like, in other words, I'm just not getting that, like, it's one story. Well, but you know, I mean, my my, 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 my point is,
1: I disagree. I think that this was a really good, well thought out series. As much as you and I argue about Peter Parker versus Otto. It, it, the reason why it's such a good debate is because it's such a good book and it's, it's such a good series and it's a shame to see Otto go but of course we're going to see him sometime soon and I'm going to give it five midges I shouldn't have fucked but I fucked with somebody else's body out of five <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I,
2: yeah, that was bad so you just gave it a perfect score <laughs> I gave it a perfect score <laughs> even after all that complaining
1: Six <laughs> I'm like after all that complaining you just gave it a perfect score <laughs> no, no I gave it the complaining what I was saying was that what I was trying to say if, if you, if, I'm not sure if you understood what I was saying, was that lock and key. I felt the way you feel about um Spider Man, about this run, how you felt like the timing was off, or, or the way the ending done was wrong, and it kind of takes away from your score. I felt more about lock and key than I do about Spider Man, like I wasn't bothered as much with the ending, I was more bothered with lock and key's ending than Spider Man's ending. That's why I gave it a perfect score, okay. It's my score, damn it. (laughs) I I give it to you. (laughs) All right. So we're gonna take a quick break and we're gonna be back with more Meanwhile 22 Pages Later, after I figure out the difference between four and a half and five and a half.
3: Hey guys, it's the Master of the Six Claws here. That's right, Ralph the Tech. Just letting you know, why don't you show us some love? Check out our Facebook page at Meanwhile Twenty-Two Pages Later, or hit us up on Twitter at Meanwhile22. And you know, you can also check out our website. It's been up since the beginning of the show. I don't know why you're not there. At meanwhile22pageslater.com. And I know I'm the master of six claws, but you can give us six claws too. Just go on to iTunes and give us a review. And now let's get back to the show.
1: Wah-wah. Oh, I was about to say it again. Okay. <laughs> oh, so let's hit the, <laughs> the second half of the show. Um, usually here at Meanwhile 22 Pages Later, we love talking about... We pretty much talk about a lot of geek stuff, but we... That's all we talk about. It's the purpose of our show. Yeah, what we, the hell have you been? But you know, we only talk about comic book stuff, you know, comic book movies. We don't talk about, like, we haven't touched Trek yet. check is caught. You're the one with the Dragonberry. Did he you hear something. that? Ralph is the one with the Dragonberry.
2: <laughs> I mean, sorry, Cap is the one that gave it to him. <laughs>
1: Wow, it's been a while since you've done that, okay? <laughs> uh shoot. Um no, but all, all jokes aside, what I'm saying is that, you know, we never touched Star Trek, we never touched anything with wizards. You know, we don't touch the, the, the that part of the geek realm. We're pretty much comic guys.
2: Yeah, I don't know about you, but I've had my hands all over that wizard stuff.
1: I can't even <laughs> laugh after that. <laughs> okay, so um basically we we talk about, you know, comic book stuff, but we don't venture out into other things that are comic book because there are so many other comic books that are around and graphic novels and great stories and great series that are around that have nothing to do with superpowers so um today what we're going to ask the panel is um what is a comic book series or graphic novel that is that you feel is a lot of fun or a great read and has nothing to do with superheroes so,
2: and now, about superheroes you just mean literally the heroes are you talking about Fantasy, or are you, what are you talking about? There? Let's put it
1: this, superhero. So, so fa- fantasy, I'm talking about things, fantasy, I'll include that. So, if All you have right. something fantasy, that's fine. Um, but no superhero, no supervillain, no capes, no mm-hmm. superpowers in regards to like mutinability or you know, alien from a foreign planet landing here to save, right. you know, the American way until the 90s come around and you. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I go on a rant? I went on a rant. And he gives
2: up his American citizenship like a douche? (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, that's Superman.
3: (laughs) I'm a citizen of the world. (laughs) I saved the world.
1: Except except for Afghanistan. They suck. (laughs) All right, so let me start it off with Ralph, who hasn't started off first in a while. Ralph, what is a comic book series or a graphic novel or a graphic novel series that you are interested in and has nothing to do with superheroes?
3: Well, a series that I was really, really interested in. First, it started out as a novel. It's a book. It's a series of books which are being turned into comic books. Okay. So, the series is by Jim Butcher and it's called The Dresden Files.
1: Yes. I've heard you talk about this. Yes.
3: So, The Dresden Files follows this uh, wizard, modern day Chicago. And it's pretty much, he's like the black sheep of the wizard world. Because of something that he did in the past, you know, he's sort of like not seen as, a, he's, he's a good guy. He he considers himself a good guy, but the rest of the community, the wizard community, doesn't really seem him, look at him as a good guy, okay. you know? And he's a, a private detective. He actually, his ad is pretty funny. He actually says, wizard, finder of lost things, private eye, you know? So it's like, he puts it out there. People just look at it as like, you're a wizard of what? You know, because... No more people don't know about magic. It's like a hidden community. Whatever. Okay. So the first comic book that they actually created wasn't part of. The it preceded
2: no- the story, didn't it?
3: Yeah, it preceded the story. It, was, it wasn't part of their, the, the, the original novels. It was called Welcome to the Jungle. And when I saw this, you know, it's, it's, it, the, the artist is um, Adrian Saif. Saif? Yeah.
2: Uh, Saif? Saif, yeah. Saif. Saif. Really good.
3: It's, the the art, art is incredible. Yeah, I've
2: seen it. It's absolutely incredible art.
3: And then Jim Butcher himself, he's an amazing writer. He he it's it's not your it's not a You can you might call it young adult because there are some like there's sexual themes in it. It's, it's a mystery, there's romance, you know, uh action, adventure, suspense, and okay. all that, you know. Thriller, you might you want call it a thriller if you want to. Okay. But this first one, Welcome to the Jungle, takes place before the first book, which is called Stormfront. Mm-hmm. And it's just a, a quick case where um he actually consults for the Chicago PD, mainly with his, uh, I guess, uh, the person he talks to is called Lieutenant Murphy, this nice, like, busty little blonde-haired girl who's feisty, but she doesn't really believe too much in magic but working with him she begins to to like figure things out you know? okay
1: before we continue you so you talked about the busty um sidekick it's funny how you talk about them like oh that's why ralph is interesting does he drive a tank also <laughs> a busty girl that drives a tank tank girl did we we have that <laughs> tank girl <laughs> ralph's dream comes true lori it's, petty it's, it's a movie. busty
3: cop with attitude man you yeah. love that
1: anyway just she, wanted to one note sounds like okay she's got she's busty so that's why ralph's in, intrigued she got handcuffs <laughs> wow okay continue that's just a little bit more about you i don't even know <laughs> well well okay
3: go <laughs> so in in this story um he's investigating what happened there was a, a murder at the zoo and there's this gorilla is the one that's being accused of the murder so they call him and it's, it's kind of like a weird thing because they don't know how he got out you know so um He starts investigating, and in the course of his investigation, this guy, in in all his stories, he comes so close to death, you know? Like, things attack him, and he just, like, barely escapes. And what it is, he has skill, but just the way that sometimes he escapes is, like, you know, it's, like, uh, I would say 50% luck, 20% skill, and then the other 30% is, like, a a mystery element that just something happens. Okay. But just that's the way that it works. So as throughout the story, he gets attacked by like tigers in the zoo. They're being controlled by these four witches, right? These The four witches are the ones uh, that are they're doing some sort of ritual to try to... It's, it's always about either gaining power or taking over the world. So in the course of him trying to solve this case, he kills three of the witches. And then the fourth witch is, I would have to say this is just the, the greatest death that could happen you know sort of like retribution um they're they're back at the zoos because the 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 witch tries to flee and she ends up back at the zoo, and the gorilla it, right where the gorilla cage is at, right, so the witch is about to kill the the gorilla's friend the the caretaker, and um at this point, Harry Dresden, which is the name of the wizard, which I should have said at the beginning, yeah <laughs> we could do it again <laughs> <laughs> um Harry dresden uh. At this point, he's already expelled most of his energy, so he doesn't have a lot of energy. And the witch, she's like, you know, he's drained, he has nothing left, so I'm going to kill this guy, and then I'm going to kill you, right? So at this point, he he uses the last ounce of his energy to open up the gorilla cage. Now the gorilla sees this, uh, sees his friend is under attack, and goes and just freaking destroys this witch, and then stops, and then like, you know, says, all right, that's it, the thing is over. At this point, you know, um, they call the cops and wrap it up, and they say it was this woman who was responsible for the earlier death of the security guard. She was the one that framed the the gorilla, and Lieutenant Murphy. She's like, "All right, I, I I'll take this, but you know, I don't really believe it. But you know, I, I'll let this slide. But just that's that's the beginning of what the the rest of the series is just like." Okay. Throughout this, if you ever get a chance if you just want to read a really good thing, they're up to 15 books now. Right. And each one is just, it gets more epic. But
2: that's in novel form, but in the comic book form, in in graphic novels, they're- Graphic novel, they have- Like five or six now?
3: (laughs) No, they have two from, they have, the next book is called Stormfront. They've already done that one.
2: Right, but that was in two parts, right? In graphic novel form. Four. It was in four parts. Four parts?
3: Yeah. Okay. And then um, they did Foul uh, Foul Moon, which was the next book. That one's also in, in four parts, I think. And then they made a, a story that takes between this uh, foul moon and then the next one mm-hmm. called uh, Ghoul Goblin. Right. But that one, Well, that's what's coming, coming out. out now. Yeah. So, no, it's already out. So oh, all, it's already out. All, okay. all six parts are out. Oh, okay. But this story is just it's really good. I enjoyed it so much. Fantastic. And it's just like, it, there's later, as the story progresses, it, it just crosses over with like um, Catholicism and stuff where you have like archangels being involved. You have uh, the the 30 pounds uh, of silver, the 30 pounds of silver that uh, Brutus was paid to betray Jesus. are. Whoa,
2: whoa, whoa. Brutus, first of whoa. all, 30 pounds is way too heavy. Whatever. 30, 30 pieces of silver. <laughs> and right. Brutus was Julius Caesar. Sorry.
3: Right. I'm not religious at Ju- all, man. Judas. Judas. <laughs> Judas. Uh,
1: and, and in my head, I'm like, Brutus, papa? It's, it's all Greek to me. <laughs> all I got imagining imagine is I'm
2: like, well, if Brutus had thirty pounds of silver, he could have just beaten Christ to death with it.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it it's all Greek to me. Yo, what can I say? Every single life a can of Spanish. Go
0: so, ahead. So that,
2: and and Brutus was a uh, Roman, not Greek. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just wanted to throw that out there too.
3: Strike three. We're doing this podcast over. <laughs> so four. Uh, me, won't like the finest guy. <laughs> the the three pieces of uh, the thirty pieces of silver um, are cursed with the archangels that helped the devil in his rebellion. So okay. each one, like if anyone who who takes hold of these, uh, a piece of the silver gets possessed by them, and they're like, you know, go crazy. So there's, that's one of the storylines that happens. Okay. There's another one with vampires. It's like, there's you got dark vampires which suck on blood, then you have light vampires which are succubuses which derive off of sexual energy. Right. And then you have um, a, an, uh, a, a series where there's like a, a dark console that's trying to take over the, the wizard world and kill everybody. There's elves. It's it's just epic. You should oh, read cool. it if you can.
2: Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. All and, right, And it was enjoyable when uh, we got to watch it uh, with uh, the arrows, Dinah Lance's uh, father. Yeah. Or, yeah. <laughs> as Dresden.
3: Yes, yes. Uh, was this Harry Blackstone or I don't know the actor's his name. name? I don't well, know his he, name. He plays Harry Dresden very well. And there was a TV series there. Yeah, yeah. That's where it was. I was just going
1: to ask you if there was a TV series. It's yeah. on
3: Netflix. If you have a chance, you should watch it. All right.
1: All right, good stuff. Ow, damn! <laughs> Try turning in this chair with a with this wooden table. Damn it! Um, all right, MFG Mike, the finance guy, what you got for a non superhero comic book series or graphic novel? Oh, I have
2: a ton of things listed. Uh, so I, I'm just picking one at random because my favorites, I, there is no one favorite. Uh, so for this particular favorite i'm going to say it's the sandman series oh now, sandman. Now, and
1: now that i've and now that i've read and I, I finished three you haven't finished it yet have you i finished three <sighs> <laughs> it's it, it's it's holding up pretty well oh, it's, a, it's a great it, story
3: it's, it's holding up very well he's using it to hold up the table yeah, I'm, I'm starting to think so <laughs> um
2: no the sandman's uh the original run of the sandman was 75 issues it was written by neil gaiman uh the art started with david mckeon and then various artists throughout the, the run it began in 1989 uh, it tells the story of Dream, of the Endless, who rules over the world of dreams. The main character of the Sandman um, story, of course, is Dream, like I said. He's also known as Morpheus, among other names. Right. He is one of the seven Endless. Uh, his other brothers and sisters are Destiny, Death, Desire, Despair, Delirium, who was once Delight, and Destruction. The Sandman series follows Morpheus... Uh, what about Delusional? N- none. No. <laughs> no, she was just Delight. <laughs> um, it, it follows Morpheus... Uh, and the results of his creations and actions after he had been captured and subsequently learns that sometimes change is inevitable. That's kind of what he learns after his capture. Right. Uh, The the character's initial, um, he was initially kind of haughty and cruel uh, in his mannerism, but he begins to soften after his years of imprisonment at the start of the series. Uh, But the challenge of undoing past sins and changing old ways uh, is, it's pretty big for, even for a being that has uh, been set set in his ways for billions of years. Um, In its beginning, the series is very dark, kind of horror comic um, and later the series evolves into more of an elaborate fantasy series incorporating elements of uh classical and contemporary mythology ultimately placing its protagonist in the role of a tragic hero and that is my synopsis but no wow, giveaways that's,
1: that's pretty that's pretty good
3: was, was that a jab at me
0: no <laughs> no.
1: warning oh by the way to Ralph's uh, synopsis address it there were spoilers involved <laughs> you should have pressed the button no 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 it's too late it's too late oh. you already did your thing.
2: oh i see you don't like to hear the spoiler one but oh you love hearing that z- 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 for the clicker huh that you call
1: anyway it contains spoilers so leave ralph alone i love when we do mic Show, especially for ah, the spinner I see. I see
2: i might have to have uh, ralph change the spinner into that warning that just says <laughs> over and over for 30 seconds
1: <laughs> hey i'm i don't get that annoyed it's just i'm just like oh boy you did it already all right so um all right good stuff and now that i've i've read sandman now i see what people were talking about for years everybody's told me why are you not reading well you've never read Neil and sandman you know, would he live under a rock? And I'm like, no, I just didn't read it. Evidently, I, you're still
2: under that rock partially because you still haven't finished it. I said, well, I still <laughs> got
1: to buy the rest of them. <laughs> but, I mean, it is, it is a great series. It it, it It's a different pacing. It's, the storytelling's different, you know, than I'm used to, which mm-hmm. took me a while to get used to. Right. But once I got, like, I like I know book one, I, I like, but book two, I loved. Right. So, you know, it, like, and book three, I like too, but, you know, all together, I see where they're going. I'm like, all right, wow, it's, it's pretty good. <clears throat> for me, my um, the the book that I like, and the reason why I brought this up for the panel to, to talk about is because me as a cartoonist, I used to go. I like going into the comic book shop, and I like seeing your your comic books about superheroes. But I always like just um, tales of whether it's an autobiography or something about something personal. Mm-hmm. Um, and and those comic books are valuable as well. And what got me talking about this is about Dean Trips, um, Dean Trips book that just came out that we were talking about. Something Terrible, where Dean Tripp talks about his experience dealing with being sexually molested as a kid, and what helped him break out of that, and how comic books help him, helped him as an individual um, discover things about himself, and that he wasn't going to be a bad person, and that he wasn't going to, that he could be around children. Right. So it was a great, so that's what got me talking about this. My favorite, one of my favorites, because like, like you, I have a bunch as well, um, it, my favorite non-superhero comic book is Love and Rockets. By the Hernandez brothers, really, really popular in the eighties. Sounds like something the Republicans would have gotten behind. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised the Republicans did try to shut down this book because this book had everything. It's eighties and indie, so already that tells you oh, it's going to yeah. be a great. Um, you basically a lot of the her- the, the heroes were um, females, and they were drawn realistically. So they were drawn with curves. They were drawn not looking as perfect. Right. You know, they they were drawn realistically um, you, because they're the Hernandez brothers. They were you know their their um, heroes were. La- of latin descent and they looked like they were latin they weren't blonde they weren't blue-eyed they were you know they had dark hair they had some were tan some weren't and then the thing about it the reason why i say the their characters is because they have some main characters but they when you read their book love and rockets it's like five stories in one okay. so you have a story about their one of the main stories is i believe it's um palomar which is about a fictional um a fictional village in latin america and it, some of these people have powers and they have like really fantastical stories right. like really crazy out you know outlander stories um then you have another story about these two punk rock um, chicanas that are on the road and they're, and they're living in present day and how they're dealing with men and life and stuff like that and then you have like these little side jokes that are like short like maybe two page comics so it's a very interesting format okay. the format's very interesting i love the artwork um the storytelling's very different. It is adult. So sometimes you will have somebody, you know, having sex and because the girls are the heroines, you're gonna have a lot of pro girl stuff. You okay. don't have guys trying to like, you know, I'm gonna have sex with this girl and walk away, you know, and go to the next one, like a la Peter Parker. Right. These girls would come back into Peter's home and probably punch him in the face for doing that. <laughs> <laughs> like this I mean, it's very Latino centric stories, very um um like I said, very real and they have some fantastical stuff and they have some very weird imaginative stuff um you have a lot of satire you know they talk a lot about the, the political climate of that time okay. and, and it went from the 80s to like the mid 90s and then stopped and then came back in 2000 and just started running its third volume now oh wow um Juno Diaz one of my favorite um one of my favorite writers lives on loves and rocket love and rockets because it gave you a perspective about the a Latino culture in the comic book world but without having to be to, you, you, it was stereotypical without being stereotypical. Uh, not, uh, let, me, let me rephrase that. You had Latin elements, but it wasn't stereotypical. There we go. Okay. So, so you had, like we always talk about Cecilia Reyes right. throwing in the one, ay caramba, and it's like, right. well, that made her Spanish? No. The way it's written, you understand why somebody was you know speaking in Spanglish or they had somebody speaking in Spanish. And for me as a Latino um, young man, I really appreciated that stuff. So Love and Rockets is probably one of my, one of my favorite um, series to look at that was not Superhero. Um, Do you have any Do any of you guys Have any honorable mentions Things that you're like You know what It wasn't the first on my list Or it was close to the first But I gotta mention it
3: I have something that I've seen And I wanna start reading Which which is Fables Oh Fables Yeah, Yeah.
1: I still haven't read
2: Fables yet. that's actually Something on my list to read Uh,
1: Oh wait Fables You mean like Once Upon a Time Fables Yeah
2: Bill Willingham's Fables
1: Yeah but You said that It's based on that right No Bill Willingham
2: Writes Fables The the, the video game Was A Wolf Among Us That's what it was Yeah. yeah. Yeah Okay yeah
3: Yeah, that, that the it just looks kind of interesting because you know it's the whole thing where they were brought to new york and it's like they're in modern times so it seems like an interesting story and i want to try to get reading. yeah that. all right all right oh, my,
2: definitely i mean i I have a like i said there they <laughs> wasn't even about being close to number one it was just really a coin flip of which one would be my choice because uh i love them all but uh i love why the last man standing that was by brian k vaughn and uh pia, pia guerra uh Fear Agent, which I've already talked about. Rick Remender and Tony Moore, which is excellent, excellent book. Lock and Key, we've already gone over with Joe course, Hill and I'll Gabriel Rodriguez. Yeah. Tomb of Dracula, which is still one of my favorite Dracula stories ever. Um, Marvel Wolfman, Wolfman uh, several others that wrote it with Gene Colan doing the artwork. Grendel, right. which I've talked about. Matt Wagner's work. V for Vendetta. Alan Moore, David Lloyd, um, and Maus, which hasn't been talked about in a while, but oh, Maus is a great story. What a yeah, fantastic by Art story. Spiegelman. Yeah, it's uh, it's two hundred ninety six pages of a, of a graphic novel. It came out in ninety one. Um, just in real fast for anyone that doesn't know about Maus, and it's 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 definitely much more of an intelligent reading. This isn't like you know your fun fun story. It uh, depicts Spiegelman's interviewing his father in in real life, interviewing his father about his experiences as a Polish Jew and the Holocaust survivor. Um, the book uses postmodern techniques. Most uh, strikingly is its depiction of races of humans as different kinds of animals, so that the Jews were mice, cats were germ, um, yeah, the cats were the Germans, and the non-Jewish Poles were pigs. Uh, Mouse has been described as a memoir, biography, history, fiction, autobiography. It's a whole mix of genres. And in 1992, became the
1: first graphic novel to win a Pulitzer Prize. Really? Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's a great story. I remember I was in high school when Mouse came out. Yeah, and so it was like a big deal, and they started using it in class which was awesome yeah which is awesome to have the the, the, the com, a, a comic book being used in, as part of education yeah this is a really great book yeah i mean i have a couple of honorable mentions also it was funny i was gonna i was gonna tell us not to use locking keys and Kids. you know right. fantastic the one i'm gonna mention is liberty meadows i always talk about how much i love liberty meadows it has a garfield kind of a feel but um it, it you mentioned Doomsbury. It, it it's well, other things that he referenced like he was um but who's it by it's it's by frank it's written illustrated and uh, created by frank Cho about how long ago um i want to say i'll tell you i want to say late nineties okay let me see I'll tell you right now Liberty medals yeah ninety seven okay 97 to about two thousand four and then he did one more in two thousand six and basically it's a it's a cartoon about um an animal psychiatrist. Inside of a um, animal sanctuary, uh, animal sanctuary, and in the sanctuary, the animals can talk. Okay, and it's just it's just a lot of fun, a lot of I mean, it's 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 guy humor, it's dick and fart jokes, it's a lot of sexualized stuff, and just like a lot of like they if we had a bell for every joke they had on there, it, it would be a long time you'd be pressing that bell. But it's <laughs> it's a lot of fun. It's. Um, because he draws the woman and he draws the male, but he draws the humans in one style and he draws the animals in a totally different style. So, for him to merge these two styles of cartooning and with the humor, it's great.
2: Right. And I saw, like I said, when we were flipping through the book, because I've never seen it before. I've heard about Liberty Metals, but I've never seen it. Uh, he, you know, it looks like he pays several homages to different people. So, I saw a Snoopy character, um, a uh, Dagwood and Blondie from the yeah. old Blondie cartoons, uh, Doonesbury for the Doctor. You know, it's just like a lot of people were in there, so Cho- it's like it's a lot of fun.
1: Cho's great. I mean, actually, the next Comic-Con, I, I'm going to have, I need to buy one of his works because I like, I like Cho's work. Cho always draws things great. I mean, when he was doing um the Savage Wolverine, I like that stuff. Oh, wow. Visually, not not the stories. Sorry, wow, cool. Well, you could always read Ms. Marvel that he wrote. Oh, yeah. Right. Did I mean, think he drew. I mean, he drew. He, oh, I love, I love the way he draws Ms. Marvel. Yeah, man. Yeah. All right, so. And and
2: good news for Frank Cho is evidently you're going to get yourself blown whenever uh, Cap gets back to (laughs) the next Comic Con. So you got that to look forward to. Nah, nah, nah. Handjobs only. (laughs) (laughs) It might be a sword fight between you and Kevin Smith. It all depends
1: on if Cap's busy that day. (laughs) Nah. Now I got to keep my mouth with Gigi. So, there you have it. <laughs> so, there you have it. Why, not- how big is she? Oh, my God. No. <laughs> That's fucked up. Gigi, he said that, not me. There you have it. A look into comic books that have nothing to do with superheroes. Geeks on the go. How do we say geeks on the go in Spanish? Geeks se mueven.
3: <laughs> i'm gonna do that next I time i thought you would just say like geekos on the go oh no oh adding an "o" to the end of the word doesn't make it spanish but
2: all the spanish people understand me i thought spaghettios <laughs> was
3: spanish <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure it's not <laughs> all right everybody. i guess,
2: i guess that says no for cheerios <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. oreos <laughs> all right enough of the cornball jokes you all know the segment i give quick questions they give quick answers on all things geek, and we never make it under a minute, but as long as this episode's been going, I'm pretty sure we might try.
2: Well, we do no. try, sort of. <laughs> it just never happens. You've been trying? No, nah, not really. <laughs>
1: all <laughs> right. You got to humor him. <laughs> I bet you we get under a minute. Let's take a look. All right. so said that last week. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I say it every week. <laughs> Shut up, Gigi. <laughs> you're always under a minute. <laughs> no, no, no. You, if you're gonna imitate Gigi, do it right.
3: Hey, I said under a minute, motherfucker.
1: Wow. <laughs>
3: Who was that? That's the Korean lady at the store. <laughs> was <laughs> now, she we doing your nails? To all the Koreans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right.
1: Now that we're laughing, let's go right into it. Are we ready? Ready. Ready, set, go! Using the entire M- Marvel mutant roster, pick four adequate replacements to be Apocalypse's new four horsemen. Ralph,
3: I would say Nightcrawler, Silver, uh, no, Silver Samurai, uh, Psylocke, and uh, why not uh, Longshot? I was waiting for you
2: to say Deadpool, <laughs> <laughs> Mike, Toad, Cecilia Reyes maggot and marrow why those four because i don't care about them any more than i care about them <laughs> four <of> the apocalypse
1: <laughs> all right wolverine is planned to die sometime in september in the comic books what can marvel do to make his death significant or even interesting
2: mike oh that's easy you murder everyone that has ever worked on his book and put their heads on pikes <laughs> to discourage others from doing the same <laughs> oh that's so
1: wonderful ralph
3: I would say, have him kneeling, screaming, dick! <laughs> and then like a wood chipper falls on him and just splits him up. Like that.
1: oh. That's how I felt about that answer. <laughs> <laughs> right, and you know what's funny? I only have three questions. This is the last one. We almost would have made it. All right. So this one is a a four-part question. Really? We would have made it? <laughs> <laughs> am, am I the optimist always? am <laughs> always the optimist. All right. So I'm going to mention... um. Pairs of superheroes. What I want you to tell me is out of that pair, which hero is the most interesting? All right, Elongated Man and Plastic Man. Ralph. Uh,
3: plastic Man, he has more personality.
2: Mike. Plastic Man, that's only because I don't feel like hearing about Elongated Man's dead wife. <laughs> <laughs> Human Torch Android and Johnny Storm. Mike. Human Torch Android, because Johnny Storm's a douche. Wow. Ralph. He is.
3: I agree. Johnny Storm is a douche. But he's interesting.
1: (laughs) Beta Ray Bill and Thor. Mike. Thor. I don't
3: give a
2: damn about Beta Ray Bill
1: and
3: his horse face. (laughs) Ralph. I mean, come on. God and a horse. God.
1: (laughs) But you said you were an atheist. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I guess it's interesting. Not if you believe him or not. And last but not least, Iron Man and War Machine. Ralph.
3: Hmm. Uh Black soldier or eccentric billionaire crazy guy? I'll go with the eccentric billionaire crazy guy. All right.
2: Mike. Well, it would seem to be interesting that a black man has a job.
1: <laughs> I'll, still, oh. I'll still go with Iron Man since he's the original. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> wow. It was funny that I was like, I'm sure Mike's going to go for the black guy. I'm sure.
2: <laughs> there is, I have never enjoyed War Machine. I, it's, my problem with War Machine is very simple is that no matter what you hype him as, he is still wearing nothing but hand me down Iron Man suits.
1: Uh let me throw one more out there. Nomad or USA agent. You wouldn't I don't think Ralph I, would know about that. I know Mike. I
2: would. just said USA agent only because I hated no nomad suit. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> he had the long hair. Well, it was like grown up Robin's suit. It's <laughs> <laughs> really bad grown up, Robin. Oh man, <laughs> so so so. His boy shorts. <laughs>
2: it was just, remember his costume was just—it was just lame. It you know, was, you I know. only
1: remember Nomad later on in the '90s, where they try to reintroduce re yeah. him with the long trench coat and the and the black. Oh, in, that's in the right. They tried to make him cool. I tried, oh, he was that. fucking horrible.
2: And it also wasn't Captain America. Anymore. It wasn't Steve Rogers anymore. Right, it was somebody else. Yeah. So, FYI, by the way, people, when Captain America was no longer allowed to be Captain America, he changed his costume and went by the name Nomad, and he became super lame.
1: <laughs> he acquired a new ability <laughs> <laughs> alright guys so that's the end of this episode so for MFG, and it's a long one it's a long one so for MFG Mike the finance guy and oh it's a long one <laughs> and RT Square we're off the tech oh I'm the cap saying keep it geeky and let me give a couple of shout outs Forgot shout out to my boy Norman hope you're listening to the show hope we get you on soon what I was going to say also was keep it geeky and Peter Parker's back hooray